Tonight on a very special episode of Full House, Uncle Je- Uncle Joey gets busted getting a blowjob from an underage teenage whore in a movie theater. Isn't it ironic? <laughs> Don't you think? <laughs> Everywhere you look! <laughs> <laughs> Seems to be an awful lot of butter in this popcorn. Wait a minute. <laughs> oh, there's a lot of butter in this popcorn! <laughs> and I'll tell you why! From Television City in Hollywood. The following rustic exhibition requires discretionary viewer participation. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 118 of GFA Live. I am your host, Peter Winston, and today we have finally reached the end of this unbelievably long, although apparently it's only been nine months, so it's really just like a pregnancy. And today we give birth to the final show in our 1992 WWF journey, SummerSlam from London, England at Webley Stadium. Some two to three hours from the British Bulldog's house. And joining me on this journey, as he has since GFA Live 82, which was the first 92 show, or GFA Live number one, which was, I don't know what show that was, but it was to get him to pop for uh, Virgil coming out as uh, Lucius Brown or whatever his name was. My amigo, my compadre, my best friend of the whole world, a man who weathered a text storm for me that was much more severe than Hurricane Ian, Mr. Keithy Langston, how are you? It was Ian, Hurricane Ian Moody, Pete. How are you today? <laughs> it was Hurricane Sean, but it was actually, the wind was blowing in a slightly different direction, so they called it Hurricane Ian. I am Hurricane Ian Mooney. <laughs> <laughs> See, and it, it actually followed Sean Mooney's career. If you paid attention to Ian, it was talking much louder at the beginning. Oh, wait, that wait, that's that's a note for next week. <laughs> because next week we start our journey on 1988 WWF. Yeah. We're going to start right, right after SummerSlam. Oddly enough, since we're doing SummerSlam today, and Sean Mooney talking... He's literally at a 12, and they need him at a 5. Yeah. Here's, here's my impression of Sean Mooney in, in, in the fall of 88, right? Okay, we're going to be coming to you live from the Boston Garden. <laughs> He's straining to yell louder, too. All right, I got I to... Gotta... I gotta save all the Mooney stuff. We gotta save. Week. We gotta save that. We got more than enough bullshit to talk about for this fucking show. <laughs> yeah. Well, look. I, I I went I went to watch this the other night, and uh, I didn't make it past the first five minutes. So hopefully this wow. goes a little bit. Bi- no, I think part of it was I just got distracted as as I do at night sometimes. And were you ingesting edibles by any chance, or were you looking at uh, betting on preseason Bruins games? Like what what was the deal? Uh, well, I pro- I probably was watching uh, some sports of some kind, but that's not the. It's not to say that I didn't watch any sort of uh, any 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 sort of wrestling. I mean, I did watch the superstars from this weekend in '92, the April 29th one, just to just to fill myself in. <laughs> Where I, I I did send you the text storm last Tuesday, and I said that there had to have been some spoiled rich kid 
from the United States who went to SummerSlam 92 live on the Saturday, flew back and spoiled it for his U.S. friends on the Monday. Yeah, and apparently we know who it was. It was Bob Heck of Bob Heck Entertainment because he... (laughs) He looks just like the frigging kid who says that the British Bulldog is going to win, whether he likes it or not. Well, I, I have a big surprise for you. Oh, well that that little clip, that little clip of yeah. that girl. Yes, that's a girl, not a guy. What? Who, who says that the British Bulldog is going to win, whether he wants to or not? No, that's a girl. It is. Yes. Jesus. Yeah. Come on. Show you. Come on, huh? Yeah, check the pronouns on the Twitter profile, won't you? Come on, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Why, you didn't find that person, did you? No, no, well, somebody else did a couple of years ago, and then somebody oh. made a custom, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know, but it was a custom wrestling figure of that fan. <laughs> <laughs> Which definitely shows just how uh, insanely idiotic we as wrestling fans are. Yes, seriously. I mean, I mean it's, bad no- it's bad enough when they're making custom Hasbro's of, uh, you know, Damien Demento, but <laughs> to make a custom figure of that person, that yeah. was a girl? Yes. <laughs> oh, great. Now I'm throwing you off for the entire show. So I'm I'm just going to, qu- while you get your head together, I'm just going to read the rest of the, uh, oh, you know what I was watching? I was watching that Territory show on oh, Vice, yeah. which is very good. I recommend that. Even though, even though the name of Rock's production company being like seven dollars left or whatever the fuck it is, it's like, oh come on, please stop it, stop it already with this. I had seven dollars in my pocket. All right, the text I sent to you while watching the eight twenty nine superstar. We should just call this like the, like yeah, sure, we're skipping a week, but let's let Pete's text messages fill in the gap. Yes. Uh, Flair needing interference to go over Joey Mags was a sight and a trip. <laughs> And yeah, like Henning had to like beat up Joey Bags on the outside because Flair, Flair was getting dominated early. It was like, come on, <laughs> ridiculous. If this is the gap, if we're going to let your text chain be the gap, perhaps you should play the gap band underneath. <laughs> I don't have I don't have that queued up. I mean, there are other ones oh, that like okay. I, I could I could play other stuff underneath. Oh, <laughs> oh wait, yes. I'm not. the I'm not the warrior. <laughs> Do people pay that little attention to what I have to say? No. <laughs> By the way, that, that flare text was uh, 9.04 p.m. All right, I, I got to turn this off because like, I, all I can think of is the warrior. Uh, 9.21 p.m. Crush is a phenomenal promo when you've had a little weed. Mm-hmm. You did <laughs> so, say that. No, that's that, that's what we call an establishment shot right there. Nine twenty three p.m. The Jeff Daniels on the eight twenty nine superstars is not Perry Saturn. So heavens to Betsy's, they use the same jobber name for two different guys. Heaven to Betsy. It's like heavens it's to like, Megatroid. It, it, it's like the magic xylophone on Inchy and Scratchy. You know, <laughs> it, he hits two different Jeff Daniels, but they make let, two distinct sounds. Let me help you out on this. Don't you people ever get out of the house? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, at 927, and this was this show had an event center that was just kind of about SummerSlam matches. People, this is real, by the way. I just want you all to know that this, <laughs> this, is, this was real life. He's not making this shit up. I know. 927 p.m. And this is a quote from, um, from our good friend Sean Mooney. 
It would be a crime to miss this encounter. Sean Mooney on the Nails-Virgil match coming up at SummerSlam. <laughs> it's, wait a minute. What, what, what law on the books is it to miss a Nails-Virgil match? <laughs> Can you imagine? I, you know what? If you submitted that to Congress, I don't even think it would get through committee. <laughs> it would never make it to the floor of the House. No. Mm. It would be it'd be like that. Uh, I'm an amendment to be. Yes, an amendment to be. <laughs> Oh, it, oh, and later in the week, I sent you a text storm because I saw that the movie Roadhouse is on Netflix. So I, ju- I, ju- I just started sending you stuff um, uh, about, like, how w- when they have the first meeting with Dalton, and mm-hmm. I sent you a text of, of the guy who owns the Double Deuce, mm-hmm. and this will be a hyper-local reference of the week. I said, Howie Carr wants to tidy up that bar that he owns. <laughs> I think that guy is like he play, it's Roadhouse is such a weird movie for him because I think he plays like a villain in everything else he does. Yeah. He's like your typical prototype 80s villain in everything else he's in except Roadhouse. He's like the nice the nice poor bar owner who needs to bring in uh you know Dalton Vaughn or whatever his name is, right? Yeah. <laughs> Dalton Vaughn. Um I thought his I thought his name I thought his first name was uh Patrick, although maybe I'm just thinking Patrick Swayze. I don't no, know. No, he's Patrick. Uh, no, is it? Maybe it is. Is Dalton his last name? Probably. I, I, All well, I know is that that movie stars the incomparable <laughs> Sam Elliott. It, it, it is. I, I didn't have any Sam Elliott stuff here. 1.40 p.m. <laughs> yes, I'm watching this as I'm supposed to be working. Hmm. The Double Deuce is literally a sawdust joint. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and that is true because we we always have um, sawdust joints very close to the mind on uh, yeah. GFA Live. What do you think this is a goddamn sawdust joint? Well, if it was in Jasper, Missouri, maybe. Yes. <laughs> Just outside of Kansas City, even though Jasper's a little bit further away. Um, underrated Roadhouse guy is the Brad Wesley associate who doesn't even take off his jacket to fight Dalton. Yep. Well, that guy was mm-hmm. kind of a—he was kind of an enhancement guy, a little bit, a bit. But, but, I, but I, I enjoyed him, even though he—he—he he, he totally gets punked by Wesley, like just punching him when he has everybody lined up at his house. Mm. Think of that as like the Eric Bischoff throwing coffee on Eric Eddie Guerrero, yes, kind of deal. I just uh, I, I, and I always loved how Kelly Lynch, who's the female uh, love interest, she wears like the old like female whitey tidy whiteys yes but they're real big mm-hmm. yeah they are <laughs> she, like she thinks she has a fat ass even though she doesn't she weighs like 100 pounds in the whole movie mm-hmm. uh, kelly kelly lynch huh what a dime piece yeah she um yeah let, let's let's just say i uh, i've thought about it on <laughs> <more>. <laughs> yeah yeah mm-hmm. uh 3 41 p.m the Funker uses the same bottle break move on Dalton as he did on Tony Gurria from that episode of TNT from 85. Well, you know, what are you going to do? He studied with, he studied the greats. He was at the actor's studio where they teach you one way to do things and that's it. I mean, how many times have we seen De Niro kick a guy the same way he kicks, he kicks freaking <laughs> Billy Bats? <laughs> 3.44 p.m. You, we finally get a reply from you because you, you've been diligently uh, working. Working. You, you must be bored today. It's like, yeah, no shit. 
Uh, and then my last one was over an hour later. I, apparently, I was doing stop start with this movie. Mm. It was a picture of the uh, guy that I don't even retain his name from Roadhouse. I just call him Fake Steve Gutenberg, the one that <laughs> Dalton kills. <laughs> it's like Evil Gutenberg. Ah, you got this Steve Gutenberg doll set to evil. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> Fake Gutenberg is always a good time. Yes. But you you know what we're here for is we're here for SummerSlam ninety two, the roadhouse of WWF pay per views. <laughs> the yeah. roadhouse of pay per views. And we get a hot start with Vince telling us who who by the way, this is going to be I think it's the same as on the network, mm-hmm. but we do have access to the dark matches and as we discussed, if we need to do a fill in show at some point, we should we, we will watch those three matches. Okay. Just as the appendix to all of this. SummerSlam, brought to you by IcaPro. IcaPro, for everybody that cares about their body. No. That's probably cut out of the network version. I swear to God, you hear this music and you think it was playing everywhere when you went to Britain. It's always weird hearing children talk about wrestling in that voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you would think they'd be talking about tea, crumpets, what's going on in Parliament at the time, you know. Yeah, it's, oh, it's, did you know that the Tories are trying to retake over the Labour Union? <laughs> it's not 1509. They're not working as a blacksmith at age six. No, it's not. Please, yeah. sir, may I have some more? Oh, and I did, when we were discussing doing the show... I, I said to you, we need to do we need to do it on Columbus Day slash Indigenous Peoples Day. Yes, because it is a pay per view. Uh, we need to watch the pay per view on a day honoring a horrible colonizer when the pay per view is held in the place of the most horrible colonizers of uh, all. Now yes. I know somebody will jump in and be like, "We weren't as bad as Spain or whatever." It's like, no, it was all bad. And by the way, thanks for your fucked up drawing of the Middle East map. <laughs> Luckily, that caused no problems going forward. <laughs> yeah, so as you can guess, you know, one of the children here is going to stand out from the others. Wait, did that girl just say something about? Did that girl just say something about Randy Savage beating the warrior with warrior face paint on? Yeah, I was very confused by that as well. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then okay. Uh, yeah, that that's a girl. Uh, that's not a girl. No, that's definitely a girl. That's a person that transitioned later in life. There's no way that that's a girl. All right. Uh, do I ha- do I have to do I have to prove you wrong on this? Yes. Yes. Girl, oh God, girl. finally found. This was two years ago. Her name is Amy Dunn. Oh my God, Amy Dunn! Isn't that the name? Oh no, that was Amy Dumas. <laughs> it was like Amy. <laughs> Amy Dunn was the name of Lita from Doncaster, <laughs> which was confirmed by a relative, Stacy, who became aware of what an enigma Amy had become after commenting on one of Andy's YouTube videos that was designed to track her down. Do we have an updated photo of what she looks like? Um, well, that is what Bob Heck looks like nowadays, so, I mean, I guess... <laughs> <laughs> 
Why are you, why are you uh, slagging? Why are you slagging Bob Heck of Bob Heck? Bob Heck of Bob Heck Entertainment, Pittsfield <laughs> and Albany, number one entertainment destination <laughs> for all your dancing and uh, for all your DJing and karaoke and trivia needs. Please reach out to Bob Heck Entertainment and for, offer, offer code Keithy for ten percent off. I was going to say use offer code SummerSlam ninety two for three percent off. Use offer code. He was offer code Lord Alfred Hayes and a dildo for twenty percent off. Oh, all right, all right. That, we're thirty. We're thir- girl. Good lord. All right. Yeah, we're thirty nine seconds in. Well, it makes sense why she has a hot on for uh, the British Bulldog here. So, you know. well, but she's wearing a boss man hat. <laughs> Apparently, this show did like a crazy merch sales number. Like, oh yeah, like. Well into seven figures, like like a million and a half, something like that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, and that's in addition to the gate, which was like a two million dollar gate as well. Wow. I mean, we could analyze that line all day long, right? Um, I mean, it sounds like she was. She sounds like Vince right there. I think Amy there was doing crack with the bulldog and knew that he was in a compromised state. Oh, so it would be whether he wants to or not. Oh, I thought you were gonna say she was like uh, how uh, who was it Fatu or Samu? <laughs> who was the one that knew everything? Who was the one we used to say knew everything? No, that was. Um, I thought it was Fatu making a difference. <laughs> you said the one that knew everything. I was like, no, you're thinking of the genius. No, remember we had that running gag when Luger Luger was at the bar with the uh, with some was it was it it must have been Fatu about the uh, WrestleMania 10 or the SummerSlam 93. Oh, I don't remember that. You don't remember that? No. Jeez. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. What the fuck is this? Anyway. Well, um, yeah, yeah, they have the horns play in for like the intro here, and there's Vince and uh, Bobby. So that yeah, the uh, second week in a row with Vince and Bobby for us. Mm-hmm. That stadium is gone, as you know. Uh, it was replaced by a new Wembley Stadium that I think was just built nearby. Well, Bobby looks like. Welcome to Wembley Stadium. Well, he's got a little crown there that he's about to put on, and Vince is going to act like he's mad. What are you doing with that ridiculous-looking crown on? Well, you little stupid peasant. I happen to be Sir Bobby, the King of England. Henry VIII would be rolling over in his grave, Bobby the Brain, if he could see this. Nonetheless, the only thing royal about you is you're a royal pain. And speaking of a pain, in whose corner is Mr. Perfect really going to be in? The ultimate warriors, or is he going to be in the corner of the macho man? Oh, we're doing that bit again. Mm. So, but it's uh, okay. I'll let it slide with Bobby. Yeah. The old Wembley Stadium was torn down, and the new one was built on the same spot. Oh, wow. Okay. So it closed in 2000, was demolished 2002 to 2003, and then the new Wembley Stadium went up in 2007. Who knows if they had any Olympic events there, and frankly, I don't care. And look at look at Ted. This is the famous show where Ted debuts the uh, the Road Whites. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the Road Whites. 
I feel like they should have they made they should have made a freaking Hasbro of this, not a Hasbro of fucking Damian Demento. They never made a, a white suit DiBiase Hasbro. Wow, not a Hasbro. Probably huh. a uh, what's the uh, what's the company that's over afterwards? Jax. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that there was a kid in the late '90s who was like, "I want to play with my Jax," and mm-hmm. the father grew up in a time where kids actually played jacks you know yeah. the game that you play in the dirt yeah. and he got got really excited and there was a miscommunication and a lot of fun was had <laughs> a lot of fun was had i i was disappointed for a second because i forgot that dibiase wasn't with sherry for a second and i thought we were going to get an early look at sherry uh um, yeah yeah I, I, I hope you fired one out before we get to that match because god <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> and speaking of fire one out, his IRS. Gotta <laughs> save it. Wait a minute. It's a well known fact <laughs> that if you British tax cheats would pay your fair share, you wouldn't put the burden on the royal family. <laughs> oh, interesting comments nonetheless, but back to live action. And here we go. Yes. I mean <laughs> I'm gonna miss, I'm gonna miss IRS. Although we we may see him as Rotundo in the Varsity Club if we uh, flip back and Ugh. forth. Ugh. Yeah, but the Varsity Club means Kevin Sullivan promos, and that means thirty minute bits where we're at the butcher shop as Kevin Sullivan ordering. Yeah, I, I want I want to get some chicken fingers. Uh... <laughs> uh, oh, you having Bar Chris over the house? I see. Um. All right, now I know that you had you had wanted to closely examine this part of the broadcast uh, because that funny. because we everybody knows that Hawk is trashed, but may, mm. maybe fewer people would know that Hawk apparently burned his leg on the side of the. Uh, so this is a this is a I think this came from a uh, the dark side of the ring on the Road Warriors, and I was it was said that Hawk burns his leg on the side of the muffler because. Obviously, they had the engines running in the back while they were getting, you know, doing the opening promos and all this, and mm-hmm. you know, IRS's bullshit that he has to fucking talk about. So, when so when they come down, I guess he he must have rested his pleather boots on the uh, the muffler, and it was hot, and it like stuck to his leg apparently. Hmm. His leg. Well, that might have been a thing where that didn't hit TV. So we're gonna we're gonna see here is yeah, they're gonna come out on the motorcycles, and Heenan has a good line. Sometimes Heenan, Heenan would just hit, like, the most simplest joke with the way he would... Like I said, his delivery, second to none in wrestling, so... I I, I cannot agree more with you on that, but it, mm. it's just... Fucking Rocco. The god... Fucking Vince. I, you know, if I, saw, if I ran into Vince McMahon today, I'm pretty sure that I wouldn't say anything else <laughs> except for... What the fuck were you thinking with Rocco? Like... You would just use it as an opportunity to just air all of your 92 grievances. Imagine uh, that. It was a uh, nails. Seriously? Nails. <laughs> like, why did you fucking Fox run the same Repo Man promo for your event centers for like four straight weeks? It's <laughs> ridiculous. 
did you really just give up? Were you just done? And you just didn't want to fucking do anything anymore? Ah, say this ain't 84, pal. Like, <laughs> Rocco. Oh, it just aggravates me. The only good thing is we haven't heard Rocco talk in a while, which is good. Yeah, that is, yeah, that that is true. I don't remember if it happens during this match. So, here comes Hawk. Hawk has to be in front of Animal in case something happens. And, and Hawk, Hawk decides <laughs> to drive into the crowd and take out 20, <laughs> 20 children. <laughs> but, like, unfortunately, Hawk's performance here meant that he did not get the job as Diana's limo driver. No, oh, ba-dum, 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 ba-dum. <laughs> all right there they, there they are we can't 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 really all right the cameras no now, it's right here apparently it's right here apparently where they're getting off the bike and yeah yeah they're not gonna cut to oh it's right th- and, and you'll all be shocked to learn that hawk no sells it. <laughs> like it's a fucking like it's a fucking pile driver in the middle of memphis <laughs> I will say I do like the gold-plated uh, LOD pads. It was a kid. In, it was a kid wow. in the audience that had pads. Like, where did they get those? They they didn't have national foosball over there. Oh, the the gold ones are much better than the than the red ones. The only problem with the gold ones is these dudes are supposed to be like from like a hard scrabble hood for God's sakes, and now now they're wearing literally gold-plated shit. Well, they are the former tag team champions of the world you would assume that they would have gotten some decent paydays sure when they lost the titles to these guys under uh very mysterious circumstances as we covered quite some time ago in episode um let's say 90 90 or 91 somewhere in there Mm, yeah Eh, who really cares (laughs) hawk now what what combination of drugs do you think hawk is on right now Oh, he he's on he's on pills and like a shitload of alcohol. Like he's he on quaaludes and <laughs> like I'm going to be watching him. Well, like a hawk during this match uh, for any for any equilibrium issues. <laughs> I thought that that was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's not the correct laugh, but I enjoy. <laughs> I'm going to be watching him. That, you got to get the hillbilly gym laugh. <laughs> Oh, he's talking again. Uh, and Vince didn't shut up in time for us to actually hear Rocco. Hawk versus uh, DiBiase in an all-Japan classic right here. <laughs> oh, the two of them never met in Memphis? Not to my knowledge, no. Or in uh, Global? Did none of them work Global? DiBiase was primarily known, of course, for his Mid-South work. Yes, this is true. The Road Warriors, I don't think ever... Road Warriors in a Watts territory probably would not have been utilized uh, to the fullest of their abilities. No, something tells me Bill Watts would have thought that their act was like a bunch of horse shit. I mean, think of... I mean, Sting and Warrior were incredibly green in Mid-South... But Bill Watts' attitude towards them was like, all right, well, I don't really see much here. And although although Sting did stick around until he sold the company. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
War- Warrior was the problem of those two guys. I know, shocking. Shocking I mean, that Ultimate Warrior was a promo was a problem in some way. Wait, hold on. No, he's a problem with a promo as well. So. Mm. Yeah, uh, he he is. But since we're rewinding to '88, we're going to get a lot of delusional uh, Warrior promos too. Oh boy! And he's going to have the IC title too. So oh it's going to be like the origins of the Warrior. You know, like yeah, he was there for a year, year and a half before that. But did it really matter? No, because he what, what was he feuding with? He was feuding with like Hercules. Like nobody gives a shit about Hercules. Nobody gave a Whoa. shit about Hercules. No, 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 no. Hear me out. Nobody gave a shit about Hercules until he was sold as a slave to Ted DiBiase. <laughs> no, people cared about Hercules when he had Hogan up in the rack on Saturday Night's Main Event. Okay, all right, I'll give yeah. you that. Um, you know what's funny is that you cannot find like they must not admit they. Clearly, they designed Rocco to sell Rocco dolls. Case in point, like the Lily dolls that they sold for Alexa Bliss. Yep. But they're not, not, they, I don't see any... There's no Rocco dolls on eBay. There's the, <laughs> there's the little figure that came in like the... There was... For some reason, there was a Paul Ellering Build-A-Figure. <laughs> and it came with Rocco. <laughs> and yeah. uh, Rocco came in the, the WrestleMania 17 China pack. And... Uh, you know, with, with Paul Ellering's arms, I believe. But uh, you, so you can buy the Rocco figure for nine dollars and four cents on uh, previously owned, I might add, on eBay. But not the no, there's no Rocco dolls. You would have yeah. thought they would have had Rocco dolls. Yeah, you you know something is bad in a wrestling sense if nobody even bothers to make like a like fake version of it at some point. Yeah. Oh, there he is again. Ugh. He's like he's doing like a Jim Ross impression. Hawks <laughs> in, in a sleeper hold. Uh, actually, a, a real sleeper hold, and not just he's sleepwalking or whatever. Hawks in a IRS has Hawk in a wake up, wake up, Hawk. We got to wrestle. Hold. It's like it. It is fitting that this show is bookended by dudes on a shitload of drugs. Uh, just staggering into the ring under less than ideal circumstances. I don't know. I don't know if you know this, but uh, during this match, I believe Hawk leans into DiBiase and says, "I'm fucked." <laughs> the fact that he even put on an English accent for that is <laughs> is truly Hawk was a man dedicated to his craft. Uh, I mean, in all honesty, though this. This inebriated hawk is performing very well. <laughs> well, he's now going to the top rope for the second time. Oh, and he, he misses a big clothesline. Oh, my God, he rolled out of the fucking ring. Yeah, on the opposite <laughs> side. That's an interesting spot that you don't really see much, a guy missing the top rope clothesline. Yeah. yeah DiBiase is so sharp in the all-whites. Hmm. I mean, yes, there was a scare that, you know, he might he might be blading in this match, but this isn't Mid-South 1981 over here. They put the fucking rock. The Rocco doll is in a fucking chair. He's sitting oh. in a chair. <laughs> I just wish the kid in the front row right in front of Rocco set it on fire. That would have been really funny. What, and get kicked out after the first match? Sure, that would have been worth it. I would have done it. <laughs> it's like that time Earl Weaver got ejected after a balk with no outs in the fir- top of the first inning. <laughs> right. 
You're here for one reason, and it's to fuck us. <laughs> That's what got him ejected. That's right. I mean, but think of it. If I had gone to this, pa- if I had gone to this pay-per-view, set fire the doll, and got kicked out, I still would have had time to fly home, and I would have been able to watch the show two days later. No, I wouldn't you, have really missed anything. No, you wouldn't have left. You would have been marveling over up, and, and this is the first thing that I notice every time I watch this show. Yeah. How wide that aisle is opposite hard camera. <laughs> yeah. Like, holy shit, you can fit like six people wide. Now, think about think about our experience at that time in 1992. <laughs> the two arenas that we would go to more than any other would be the Boston Garden and Fenway Park. And aisleways yeah. there are about like 10% the size of that aisleway opposite yes. hard camera for SummerSlam. Yes. yes. 92. In fact, I, I believe several times I've been in the in the old garden where you were literally like leaning forward to walk into your seat. <laughs> <laughs> Up in like the 300 section. Yeah, where, well, in the old garden they had those little bars in front of certain balcony, in, in front yeah. of balcony seats so that you know, it was like a requirement so that people didn't, like, tip over. <laughs> yeah. But this Iowa is, like, the size of a California king-size bed. I mean, <laughs> I think it's, it, the, you know why? I know why. That's the area where the queen would go, and they didn't want her being touched by any of the fucking commoners. Hmm. That's possible. Although, I think that, I think it was a missed opportunity. They could have had uh tugboat uh, excuse me typhoon and earthquake come in that way through sure. the crowd like they were the shield mm. that would have been <laughs> imagine if they had done the the uh what do you call it the uh, what's that alphabet called like the naval alphabet or something the marine the, alphabet the, Na- the nato alphabet yeah yeah the nato alphabet and they were like <laughs> oh don't make they... me do the whole uh, how many letters are in natural disasters like 15 <laughs> They go, November, <laughs> Alpha, uh, Tango, N-A-T, what's it, U, uh, Uniform, Romeo, Alpha, Lima, Space, Delta. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> no, then you, just, then you just ramble off the earthquake music. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't do they didn't do uh, like a mix of the two guys. Like Typhoon kind of didn't he didn't ask for much with the uh, with the theme song. Typhoon never had music. His music was the Earthquakes music. Yeah, he never had music. It was kind of like how I guess it was a reverse Heart Foundation. Like Brett took the Heart Foundation's music, but and then Jim Nivard had to get his own music, which I think ended up being Owen Hart's music, right? <laughs> Why couldn't uh, why couldn't Ottman go to Jim Johnston and be like, can't you just take the tugboat theme and backmask it or something? Why are we talking about the natural disaster? Just like Money Inc. versus LOD, and this is a very important just, match. Just take my tugboat theme, <laughs> drop it down a half an octave. <laughs> yes, I'm sure he was very concerned about the it, key. Yeah. <laughs> instead of it, and instead of it being the tugboat whistle, it's that weird whistle that they blow in Chicago when there's a tornado. Of, you know. <laughs> oh, okay. the the other th- The other thing that I need to track during the show is how many times we see an usher tell the kids to get back in their seats when they're standing in that wide aisle opposite hard camera. Please. 
It's, you have to be back into your seats. You have to get back into your seat, sir. Sir, you have to get back into your seat. Do you know in uh, at the uh, Rogers Center in Canada, they do not let you go to your seat down the aisle if it, when an at-bat is happening? Oh. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. You're going to distract the... Uh, look at that kid going up the aisle. He's he's literally not even... You can't even touch them all outstretched. And it's, it's such like, a large aisle. Yeah, it's got like a yellow paint there. I don't even think like the WrestleMania 4 or 5 aisle was that wide. No, no, it wasn't because I remember... I think people... I remember seeing people get, like, hugged. Yeah. You know? Mr. Perfect tripping, tag, tripping on the stairs at, at yeah. five. Gotta love it. Yeah. Before you know it, we'll be watching five. I know you'll be very excited for Garvin Bravo, the, the last battle of Quebec. The last battle of Quebec. Who wouldn't be? People forget Ronnie Garvin is from Quebec, and then they hear him speak. <laughs> I'll tell you what right now. Hammer. <laughs> All right. So one of the great tells of why of Hawk being inebriated is coming up. Okay. Is that that they don't do the they don't do this? Yeah, they're trying for the doomsday device. They get DiBiase up. Hawk's going to the top rope. Well, he's, yeah. okay. Okay. So IRS comes in and interferes. But the thing that I always I always heard was that they didn't want to they didn't want Haka up on the top rope doing that move. I think they probably yeah. just didn't want to risk DiBiase. I mean, you can oh, also no, the, tell. Oh no 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 no! They did the okay. Animal does the DiBiase power slam to finish a very poetic finish. Yes. Yeah. It's a seven out of ten, by the way. Hawk doesn't even know where he is right now. <laughs> I thought we were in Japan. Hawk is more out of it than Tua Tagovailoa. <laughs> is it me or does Hawk kind of sound like a uh, more grittier version of Krusty the Clown? Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, kids, here's a professional does it. Hey, 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 hey! I'm Road Warrior Hawk. Hey, hey! Here, here comes here comes Rocco. Hey, hey! <laughs> Here's my tag team partner, Road Warrior, Alanimo, correction, Animal. So he, he he basically goes on a drug bender, and they never see him again until 97. They never see him again. And then Crush joins Animal, and they become a temporary Legion of Doom. Yes. And now we're with Ric Flair, the Dennis Stamp of this program, because he is not booked. I'm not booked. <laughs> it would have been funny if, if Flair had just said, I'm not booked for five straight minutes. It would <laughs> be like, this this promo doesn't make any sense. And then six years later, uh, Beyond the Mat comes out, and it's like, wow, that Flair promo was something else. He saw it time. <laughs> what I do, Gene, is I stand here and I jump. <laughs> <laughs> How much alcohol did you have, Rick? He's, he's got his hand positioned above his head. Like, how much alcohol did you have last night, Rick? Yeah. About half this much. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the nature boy, Rick Flair. Hmm. Usually didn't call him nature boy. Mm -hmm. Rest assured, little man, it was not I alone that was discredited over the fact 
that the great Ric Flair was denied his opportunity to regain the World Wrestling Federation Championship right here at SummerSlam. After all, when you're talking about the bright lights and the big cities, you gotta be talking London, England. And when you're talking SummerSlam, and when you're talking the World Wrestling Federation, you gotta be talking Ric Flair. Woo! Ric Flair, I couldn't help but notice you're wearing your robe and your, your wrestling attire. What's going on here? That's because anyone that knows anything about Ric Flair knows that he stays ready for any kind of action. And speaking of action, Ric... I had to be ready in case Vince wants to fire the Warrior again this year. <laughs> Yeah, it makes zero sense that he's in his wrestling gear, unless it would have been... Now, this would have been an amazing twist if they all of a sudden inserted, like, Jack Tunney comes out, Hey, everybody! And he says, like, <laughs> After further review, <laughs> I've decided that the match at... Where are we? SummerSlam! <laughs> takes place... Ric Flair will be inserted into this match in a, we're going to call it a menage a trois match. <laughs> oh, God. I, I, I think that ruling came down from, from Lord Al. <laughs> from Lord Al. So, yeah, sorry. I'm a little slow. Yeah. All right, Rick. Flair, one man we know who's going to be seeing action tonight is your executive consultant, Mr. Perfect. For its public knowledge, he's going to be in the corner of either the Macho Man, Randy Savage, or the Ultimate Warrior. As a matter of fact, I saw you and Mr. Perfect show up outside of Wembley Stadium earlier today in a long limousine, Rick Flair. You two have been embroiled in this controversy of the main event since the day it was announced. As a matter of fact, this match may end up going down in history as the most controversial match in World Wrestling Federation history. Now then, Ric Flair. I'm gonna <laughs> no, that, you on that's going to take place five <laughs> years and four months later. <laughs> yeah. It'll be the most controversial until uh, Brett versus Razor at Rumble 93. Yeah. Sure. Whose corner will Mr. Perfect be tonight? Oh, come on. Is it going to be the Macho Man? Don't do this to me. Is it going to be the ultimate warrior? <laughs> it's Rick like Blair. <laughs> enough is enough. Like the great Winston Churchill once said, now is the time. And now is the time we demand to know the whereabouts of Mr. Perfect for SummerSlam. I was really hoping that Gene was going to do one of my favorite bits. As the great Winston Churchill once said, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, Gene's asking... Rick Flair, if he knows if he pulled out or not of that girl, like, <laughs> Rick, do you know if you pulled out last night? <laughs> Rick, Rick has a uh, look on his face, uh, not dissimilar to him trying to track down uh, any STDs that he may have acquired uh, while, while, while in Britain. Because remember, this is a new audience for him. It's <laughs> Listen, Gene, I gotta be honest with you. I don't know where perfect is, because last night I was knee-deep in English pussy. And I'll tell you one thing, Vent and Gene, it tastes so sweet. <laughs> Sorry, I just got done with Hawk's pile while he was uh, down at the ring. Why, he's in the dressing room. But whose dressing room? 
the dressing room of the winner. Who else? Woo! Oh, please. Woo! Sean Moody, let's get over to you. Joining me now is Virgil. <laughs> and oh, they go, yes! They go from Flair to Virgil. What a fucking segue. He's getting set to step Virgil into the ring with unquestionably the yeah. coolest man we have ever seen in the WWF. The we gotta, we gotta put over nails here. Nails. I seen what you did to my friend, the big boss, man. You nails. handcuffed him behind his back, and you beat him like a dog, man. Well, I survived all the toughest streets around the world, man. And the biggest street I'm gonna survive is right out here at Wembley Stadium. Because you got to want it, man! And nails. My saying is, do unto you before you ever can do unto me. Because I'm like all the good people here in London and all the good people around the world, man. I am definitely too legit to quit. Yes! Let the games begin. He did it. No doubt if Virgil has his... Betting on promos here, though, I mean, you know, you and I have probably watched this show at least four or five times, at minimum. Mm -hmm. Like, did you have a tape of this? Yeah, of course. Oh, okay. I I did I did not like so this is one that I would have had to rent and I probably would have rented it much later on. I'm pretty sure I begged my parents to let me order this hmm. and watched it. I think I even said, "Please, this will be my birthday gift for this year." <laughs> even though it was slightly after your birthday, you had to even you though use a, the following year's birthday. <laughs> this is a fucking terrible birthday gift. <laughs> Come on, Keith. Why did you mortgage three years of birthdays in order to see the three uh, uh, SummerSlam in the mid-90s? Come on. I could have seen if the product was hot. But the I, fact mortgaged that three mind, huh? I mortgaged three birthdays to see Virgil and Nails. <laughs> I forgot this match was this early. I thought it was later in the show. I thought it was semi-main. <laughs> we say Stop. goodbye to Nails. Stop it! But we're still going to have Virgil around. It's just that we're never going to hear him talk, which is unfortunate. Take a look at Virgil. You talk about being in condition. And if anyone can put nails to the test, it has to be this man. Virgil. Wow. Well, I mean, it's only it was only one year ago that Virgil was at the height of his powers. You could even argue at this time he is Mr. SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Undefeated. I think at the end of this match they put a big thing up on the video board that said one and one. <laughs> Say, but Pete, he was on the losing side at SummerSlam '88. Like, no, he he was merely a ringside guy. Well, but Pete, at SummerSlam '89, he took the Superfly Splash. <laughs> splash. That, that's true, but DiBiase won that match. The only time that he won at SummerSlam, ever. Wow, that's, yeah, that's tr- true. Yeah, it's like, it, it, it's like how John Cena had that weird kind of losing binge on SummerSlams for a long time. Like, I know that at um, the last SummerSlam he was at, it was the uh, match against Reigns in Vegas. Yeah. And by the way, I, I in no way want to even address what fucking happened at Extreme Rules on Saturday. All I know is that I'm glad I did not watch. Let's not let let's not get into it. The the nail the nails of our time. Yeah. 
I mean, didn't you see how Nails so cleverly uh, did a uh, reversal into a Greco-Roman chokehold? Sure. Greco-Roman. <laughs> Nails. Kevin Wall. What? I fucking hate this guy. Is he dead yet? No. In real life, he's not. All right, let's be ca- uh, let's be careful out there because we've talked about people in the past and they've died that week. Oh no! What a shame if Nails was to die this week. Why? Who do we talk about? I don't know. Oh well, 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 we played Cal Rudman and Cal Cal passed away a couple of years ago. Uh, Cal Cal was old. I mean, you know, barring uh, some unforeseen incident, there's no reason why. Kevin Wachowicz should pass away. I don't want another Rod Beck thing on my conscience. I still love Virgil's music. <laughs> who do you think? Who do you think it should be recycled for now? Uh, nobody really has music that. How about Braun Strowman? Uh, I'd say uh, he needs. I'd say Drew Galloway because he's about on Virgil's <laughs> level right about now. In that they both did, they both lost cleanly at shows in the UK. <laughs> yes, to overheels, to fi- like nails to and f- Roman Reigns, <laughs> to highly overrated heels. Oh, why are you so down on Roman? Not, not only not only has he become a bigger star out of this, but he has elevated the Usos as well. Yes, so that that in, that increases the value of the tag division. But let me ask you this, if you're at all up to date on that, because I'm not, are they doing the thing again where, is it the same Uso that doesn't want to bow down, or is it a different Uso now? Well, no, there's the one Uso who doesn't like Sami Zayn, and then there's the one that does. Right, is the one that does the one that wasn't willing to bow down to Roman? Like, it would have been funny if it was a different Uso now, you know? That that I'm not sure. I I have trouble keeping track of them if they haven't had a DUI in the last two months, <laughs> which luckily you know was happening with that frequency for a couple of years, but hasn't for the last little bit. So wow. you act a little bit more responsible when you're in the main event. Wow. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm so out of line. <laughs> wow, you are out of line. How dare you? How dare you in my own house? Forget it, Keith. It's Chinatown. Forget it, Keith. It's Usoville. <laughs> Come on, oh. Rap. Get in there. You know where to go. No. Oh, my God. What about Hit him right in the wicket. Come on. Even some of the officials in the WWF are intimidated by nails. There's no confidence. Come on. Get him out of there. Hit him again. You can hit him all you want. The match is over. Come on, Gurria. Fucking help him out. Gurria, like... <laughs> He drags him out of the ring as slowly as possible. It was insulting. They're fucking agents, Frankie. Look at this. More like agents. What? Are Vuvuzelas, like, illegal in the United States to bring to, like, events? Or is uh, it just that they never caught on? I think that they just never caught on. Well, they did in some places, and you had these other things like thunder sticks or whatever. Uh, but uh, And then the World Cup one, which 2010 World Cup. Where every match sounded like it was fucking like <laughs> like buzzards were there. There's that yes. word. I don't want to bring that up again. <laughs> oh, there's Lord Al. 
Yeah, he's outside the Macho Man's locker room. Funny yeah. that you said Thundersticks, because that's what Lord Al plays with his wife. Uh, well, you know, I probably should get it queued up. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just, just since Lord Alfred Hayes is out there. Ooh, Lord Al's starting to look old. Mm. Man, he... So if you're trying to figure out the, the point in time where Lord Al aged the most... Uh, is mm-hmm. definitely between Mania 8 and SummerSlam 92. He still looks like he's got a massive cock, though, so. <laughs> yeah. The whereabouts yeah. of Mr. Perfect. Since he arrived on the scene with Ric Flair, I cannot confirm the rumors <laughs> that he is actually inside the Macho Man's dressing room. I can confirm, however, that this door has been locked. For some time, and nobody is answering. <laughs> However, undaunted, yeah, I shall Savage continue this shit. investigation <laughs> for the whereabouts of... It's actually a bathroom. <laughs> they, Wouldn't it be them. funny if he, come, if he comes on and goes, I'm taking this shit, man. Leave me alone. <laughs> his pants around his ankles, toilet paper <laughs> in hand. <laughs> it's, it's, I'm enjoying the potatoes over here. They have an English. We don't have potatoes in America. So, uh-huh. Mr. Perfect, in the meantime... <laughs> Over to you, Mean Gene. All right, next up <gasps> here at SummerSlam. Oh, oh there's Sherry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Let us all bask in, uh, yeah. Looking as hot as ever. Mm-hmm. I, I may have, I usually don't don't like to make promo segments, the um, uh, cover art for our episode, but mm-hmm. uh, may have to do it. And how. Yeah. I am Rick the Model Martell squares off against Shawn Michaels one-on-one with me at this time. My special guest is frequent companion of Shawn Michaels' sensational SummerSlam. You know, I vividly recall how this entire thing all began some time ago. It happened when Shawn Michaels ended up at ringside at a big match for Rick the Model Martell. Rick Martell was meeting Bret the Hitman Hart, a very rare opportunity for him to become Intercontinental Champion, when all of a sudden, Michaels interferes, and guess what happens? Rick the Model Martell gets disqualified. I have to admit, that was kind of well done. Mm-hmm. In, the, in that you could plausibly say that Martell didn't know what was happening behind him. Yeah. I mean, you might not be able to hear it over the crowd. If that were not enough, a guest appearance ringside by a very arrogant model. Oh, this is on challenge. We missed this. The action. No, I think we watched him. No, this is this is on challenge. I saw the little banner. This is Martell coming down for a Sean match. And then he makes eyes at Sherry while he's there. We didn't watch this episode of challenge. I thought we did. No, no, it, it wasn't this one. He looks at the action and he looks at you. And I couldn't help detect, Sherry, that the model very affectionately gave you a wink. I think you were a little alarmed initially, but later on our cameras were fortunate enough to pick up, yes, I believe you, you were winking back at the model. And then, sensational Sherry, goodness sakes alive, I couldn't believe it, when Rick the Model Martell was in action in the center of the ring. You were that Barry Horowitz? That no, that was the, um, oh, God, not Reno Riggins, but, um, oh, okay. jump, wasn't this Jumpin' Joey Mags? Oh, maybe. Yeah. 
but nonetheless but we did we did obviously see this one two weeks ago mm-hmm. or was this the SummerSlam spectacular from last week you know what all this 92 stuff is just blending together what i don't understand is like sherry knows martel yeah. I mean, they got the same last name. I mean, but they, like Sherry knows <laughs> they've been in the company for, together for the same for a long time. Like she didn't notice him ever before. I mean, I know she was, you know, preoccupied with her queen duties, queenship duties. Sherry and uh, Martel would have never mm. interacted with the exception mm. of. <laughs> oh, sorry. As summer, uh, Jesus Christ, I lost my train of thought. Steel cage match at Boston Garden, mm-hmm. where it was Strike Force in the Warrior versus um, uh, Honky and Heart Foundation. Honky. And if Honky brought Peggy <laughs> Sue with him, Sherry, Sherry would have been there. Why do you pop every time I just call him Honky? I'm just trying to save Cause time. Because this is the fun. Honky! <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't call although I did watch uh, several Jefferson's episodes earlier this week. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Honker. Right, mean Gene, and you know sensational Sherry always gets what she wants. Both yes. men are extremely <laughs> handsome. <laughs> just the most exquisite features and speaking on the uh, side of the softer sex, if you know what I mean. I see no reason why either one should hurt themselves. Therefore, both men have agreed not to hit each other in the face. Okay, enough. Sherry, just exactly where do you stand for tonight's matchup? I stand just like any other good woman, Mean Jean. I'm going to stand right by my man. Sherry, let's go! Yes, sir. On her way, sensational Sherry. Let's get <laughs> I mean, is it is it me or did they did they really do two angles where the manager wasn't sure whose side she was going to be on? Yeah, it is weird, isn't that, it? They, they kind of did that. Like that is kind of odd in the same pay per view. Yeah, whose side is he on? They're doing, and Hogan's not even here. Martell has switched to the tennis attire. Because mm. appa- apparently uh, he wants to go. Uh, he thought he was working Wimbledon, not Wembley. <laughs> well, he better pull up his fucking knee pads, because you know how we know how much that aggravates you. No, I actually made it through a Pete Dunne match the other day. But by the way, that's he. I excuse me, Butch. He's not allowed to use Pete Dunne because of uh, there, there can be no other Pete's. <laughs> yeah. Look at the size of that mirror. <laughs> Cock. So a nice little stipulation, basically to set up a comedy spot in the middle of the match, or it's like, all right, no, I'm not hitting you in the face. Yeah. But really, it's not a rule. It's just a, a request by Sherry. Yes. But the fact that the two of them agree—not the face, not the face. It's like that. It's like that. That fight scene in uh, Anchorman. Anchorman. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. And that's it. No, I don't. I don't believe that at all. And also, it's the whole notion of it's a heel versus heel, but it's it's 
but they've created this rule for themselves where they have to actually show honor. And I don't know. It's like an, it's ring an of honor? <laughs> the, no, they're not going to shake hands beforehand. No. No. And, 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 and it's definitely not ring of honor because the world champion isn't 66 years old. I'm he's so, not sixty. He's I'm, not sixty-six years old. I'm sorry, AEW slash Ring of Honor. If you don't want me making fun of you, stop giving me things to make fun of you for. <laughs> he's not sixty-seven years old. Yeah. Hey, did he's you close. see that? Did you see that baseball game on Saturday where the Blue Jays shortstop, I think it was one of the young bucks, ran into the center fielder, and then the Mariners tied the game. <laughs> Sorry, Bo Bichette looks like one of the young bucks. He does. And I mean, he has the funny thing is, is, that, uh, is, is, is Samoa Joe the only person that is a current Ring of Honor champion that is not technically signed to AEW? <laughs> I mean, not, Daniel, Garcia, Daniel Garcia is signed to AEW. Jericho signed to AEW. FTR signed to AEW. <laughs> like... Isn't Mercedes Martinez signed AEW? They're all out of fucking AEW. <laughs> well, the thing the thing with Samoa Joe is great. He's our age. He's been hurt a lot, and they yeah. probably I don't know why the why WWE didn't want to just make him a friggin' color guy on these shows. Like he was really did good you, at it. Yeah, but did he want to wrestle? Like, was it one of those things? That that was it. Like, true. did Vince was Vince trying to make him the Babe Ruth of the WWE, the and he babe. just didn't want to be? <laughs> now he was the Babe Ruth of WWE, just in how much he ate at catering. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm, I'm so out of line. Yeah, so, about, sorry, this, Jimmy. I'm sorry. This 300 pound guy who always gets hurt. Yeah, he doesn't eat a lot of hot dogs. Yeah. <laughs> Now that Monsoon's gone, there's a lot of hot dogs uh, and catering. Uh, uh, the guy's been dead for 23 years, and I'm still dunking on him. <laughs> I'm still dunking on him. That's the, that's, uh, the, that's the way I watch Golden Girls now, is I was like, oh, Sophia just dunked on Dorothy. <laughs> and then I get this image in my head of Estelle Getty doing that Air Jordan pose, you know? Yeah, like the logo. Yeah, what did you, what did you text me the other day that she was dunking on? Oh, um, I think it had to have been a special. I did. I didn't send you a Golden Girls um, a tweet there or text storm. I just kind of no, commented were, on it. Right, you were watching. You were watching something, and then you went. Um, I'm going back. I'm finding it. It was really funny. It made me. It popped me. Um, oh, that. There's the picture of uh, that you sent me of Richie April holding the gun to Janice's forehead oh, while they right. were having sex. Eight fifty-five on October third. I sent to you. <laughs> this is. I, I was definitely watching Raw. The current Seth Rollins gimmick is today's Adrian Adonis equivalent, only somehow gayer. It is. <laughs> you, you said it's it's the episode where Sophia keeps dunking on Fess Parker. <laughs> oh, yes, that's right. Where she she does like five or six different Fess Parker jokes over the course of the episode. Fess Parker. 
Fess Parker? Are you fucking serious? Like, what what kind of shows were we watching back in the 80s? And it's not like in 1991, people could look up, oh, this is who Fess Parker was. And it's like, he's actually a fairly normal-looking guy. The way Sophia was talking about him, you'd think he was fucking Uncle Fester or some shit. Yeah. The, gr- the great Jackie Coogan. <laughs> Who was in that one Brady Bunch episode uh, suing uh, Carol for hitting him in a parking lot? Oh, dear God. Oh, please don't transfer me now. (laughs) But Jackie Coogan is the the famous California's child actors bill. He was the reason why they made that bill. Was it that right? No. Mm -hmm. It's because when he was a child actor, his parents fucking took all his money from him. Oh. And so he like he didn't have any money when he was from being a child actor. So you know. Mm. Anyway, all right, we're stopping. We're stopping the match to see this. But did Martel accidentally collide with with Sherry? Uh, no, she. He's just leading her away from helping Sean, and he and she oh, was like man. bent over helping Sean, and that was when I said, "Please don't transfer me now." Oh. <laughs> Tenuous and obscure Sopranos for once, instead of the. Uh, Say, same old, uh, same old stuff, you know. Please don't transfer me now. How green is my valley? Sherry's kind of looking like uh, Tony's Tony's father's guma there that he had to that took the money from Sil. Oh <laughs> no, took the money from uh, Hesh. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a. I, I feel that's a little insulting. I mean, look at that. Oh dear God. Yeah, but she kind of packed it on a little bit. She was doing downers with Sean, you know. I, she I don't stop doing. She stopped doing coke. She was drinking a lot of beers with Ted. We know Ted was a friggin' Budweiser guy. He was a Bud heavy guy, just like uh, just like Bar Chris. I always do. You love when you? No, well, I don't. I don't want to say do you love. Do you like when they they show like cracks of the ass? Like it always kind of made me laugh when they would show like the crack of the ass of the guy. Uh, Sean, you know, Sean, Sean did the spot too often. Yeah, I well, mean nobody did like nobody did it like rude. Uh, Flair, Flair would do it a lot too. Apparently, Rude showed full dong though, right? Didn't like wasn't rude. Didn't Rude show full dong when well the, when he had when he had Cheryl Roberts on the pants? Save that thought because that'll be on one of the first superstars we watch from September oh, of '88. Yeah. Oh good! Believe, believe me, I didn't just pick some fucking month where nothing happens. I, I, pick, I, pick, I picked sweeps in the transformation of Akeem. <laughs> or excuse me, the transformation of the one man gang into Akeem. Yes. In the uh, wrenching tear filled build that led to that moment. <laughs> when do we get Haku's coronation ceremony, or did that already happen? That happened in July, and we already covered that on this because it was on one of the best of the WWF tapes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, remember, remember how, watch. remember how Joe Ledoux was at Haku's coronation for yeah. some reason. It's it's always good to watch again. Yeah. I'm enjoying this match, believe it or not. I I I've always enjoyed this one. Yeah. I I, I like the dynamic. Now that was a that was a slap to the face by Sean. Mm-hmm. And now Mar- Martel with the left-handed slap. Yes. And Sherry's outfit is almost like beefcake with the number of holes that are in it. 
And in fact, I believe she got it from Beefcake. She fainted on the apron, which, by the way, is the hardest part of the ring. Although I think <laughs> Sherry was definitely attracted to hardest part of everything at this point in time. <laughs> <laughs> That's my pinup girl. Yeah, I know. And her, uh, well, let's just say her pin was up there. <laughs> hey, now. I'm surprised Rockin' Robin doesn't run down with a fucking briefcase and pin her right now. <laughs> she does have experience beating her in Europe. Yeah, but Rockin' Robin was still the de facto WWF Women's Champion at this point. That, that's that's right. Yeah, that is true. By the way, by the way, we'll be getting that match as well in fall. Of oh my 88. God, is he feeling her up? No, he's trying he's to do help performing. He was trying C to perform CPR. Yeah. What is your problem? What's your problem, Jack? Oh yeah. no, big fist of cups. Sean doesn't know basic first aid. He he only knows fourth or fifth aid. And only because Jerry Briscoe showed him how to do it in a hotel room the night before. <laughs> I like how Sherry is doing the Undertaker thing where it's like, huh. Oh, you can both marry me, boys. Sherry doing the uh, Pete doesn't want to go to church thing from 1988. Hmm. <laughs> Pete, get up. Pete, yeah. get up. Pete, get up. Oh, he won't get up. I guess we're not going to go to church. Oh, wait. It there. looks like it looks like this. Is that? There's is that uh, Pat, Dylan. Pat, wait, is Patterson back at this point? No, that was Dylan. Yeah, I did. I did see JJ out there. Hota hota. You see Renee. You see Renee. Renee. Renee Yeah, Dave Hebner or whichever. Yeah, Dave. Yeah, Dave Hebner. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Gurria was there for the second time in They're three. Fucking agents, Frankie. Look at this. <laughs> they were flying their plane around Wembley and they landed it in that fucking aisleway, which, by the way, is wide enough to land an airplane in, probably. <laughs> Oh, look at him. He picks up Sherry. Oh, like yeah. that. Look at that ass. Mm. Oh, hey now. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need a back shot here. <laughs> I'm going to need a... Uh, right, here we go. Camp, full, camera full slow, slowly beaver. panning around. Look at this freaking J.J. Dillon. <laughs> <laughs> the best thing I love about Sherry is you know she has a full bush. <laughs> well, yeah. No hair, no flair. Yeah. <laughs> No, oh. Man, no. oh my god, she fucking drops! Yes. He drops her! <laughs> Sher Sherry's gonna take a bump. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but I love how Sherry takes the bump! But Because Mar Martel wants to be the one that helps her to the back. But I love it, he like... He like... She fucking gets dropped, just dead, dead dropped. <laughs> Not dead lift, dead dropped. Yeah. Did she take another bump? Only, only if Sean uh, reaches Martell in time. Yep. Uh oh. Uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I love it because Sherry's taking like Sherry's taking two bumps and she's not because she's got her eyes closed. She's pretending to be unconscious, so yeah. she doesn't even know when these things are coming. She's taking two. She took two blind bumps and pretty bad ones at that. Ah, uh, poor Sherry. God, God bless Sensational Sherry. She, she's, she's the best. That, that's why I don't think she was banging all the guys in the back because I think all, all the guys thought of her as one of the boys. 
So they weren't trying to fuck her like they all fucked uh, Elizabeth and how they all fucked um, Sonny. Well, don't don't forget, um, out of the three dudes here, or out of Sherry and Martell and Michaels, yeah. if I have to pick all, all three of them in round-robin fights, yeah. Sherry at least finishes in second. Oh, yeah. Martell's first, right? Well, of course, yeah. yeah. Well, no, she, dude, she, she's just trying to revive her. And then Sean just drops her. <laughs> Bobby's going, she's alive. <laughs> nah, Sherry was fucking... She was like a brick shithouse. She was just built like a brick shithouse. She wasn't going to fuck her. I don't think she fucked anybody. That's why I always say I don't think she did. I think she was like, I think if guys came on to her, she fucking shit in their duffel bag like she was Randy Orton. Oh, there's the picture. <laughs> there it is. For the final time, the John Tenta Memorial bicep caress of, of Typhoon. <laughs> the bicep, bicep caress. I will. The last I, one on this show. Fat guy smiles. It has everything. And the belts were facing in the same direction. Oh, the nasty boys. Hey, did you see the mascara running off that dog's face? It was like an oil slick on the Thames. <laughs> I thought the wicked witch of the West melted when she got wet. <laughs> Why are they saying that about Sherry? Yeah, what, what's their problem with her? What's this fucking hate? Well, that does set up the Harlem Heat Nasty Boys feud of 94. Sherry never forgot. That thing should have been settled during Vince's time. <laughs> this should have been settled during Vince's era. <laughs> I bring that up every week. Every week I bring up that line of like, it should have been settled during John's era. But You told, you told, me, to be, you told me to put it behind me. I did. But I don't forget. Uh, she says that's a. She said that to Turner. She goes, "You asked me to put it behind me. I did, but I don't forget." <laughs> yeah, it is a real non sequitur for the nasty boys to all of a sudden care about what happens to Sherry, especially considering last year at SummerSlam weren't they fucking singing together? Oh no, that was at Mania. No, Boy, right, that oh maybe they didn't oh, like even, her because even she was off tape. earlier than this. Yeah. No, Mania Eight. Yeah. We're the number one contenders. Why don't we have the title shot in the name of the Queen of England? I don't know why we don't have a title shot. Well, they are making a low-key, eloquent case for why they should be facing the natural disasters. Stop it. Well, they beat Warrior and Savage. I mean, yeah, there was a lot of help, but... All right, so this is the uh, this is the start oh. of the build for yeah for the oh. for the face turn yeah for the nasty boys right because it happens by uh, Survivor Series not that not that we give a shit <laughs> oh are we gonna get a genius poem yeah. Are those new robes? They look like new robes. They have stars on them. Hmm. I mean, tell me the genius doesn't cut a promo where he says something about being from uh, Oxford. 
<laughs> right? Yeah. Willie he said. Has to. See, I can't do the Willie say glory and renown because if you've watched the show twenty times, you never forget. It's like when we do. It's like when we do Survivor Series '88, and you're like questioning me of like you know Bad News Brown's promo with Sean Mooney in the back. It's like it's not even fair. <laughs> it's not, not even, even fair. You know? Not even fair. Yeah. The genius for glory and renown. Yes. Hickory Dickory Dock. My favorite. From the home of the Olympic Games of 1948 and the World Cup of 1966. I know the date. Now it's SummerSlam at Wembley and the genius holds the key. Behold the future champions, the Brothers Beverly. Wow! What do you mean, wow? England won the World Cup in 1966. Which is why okay. he mentioned it. Uh, 19, very good. 1966 is closer in time to this show than this show is to right now. The genius with glory and renown. May we always look at the Beverly's big fat frowns. These two guys should have gotten a ring cart. Mm-hmm. They should have had... They should have had a, uh, a... What do you call it? A... Uh, uh, what's the thing when they when they ride? The ring cart. No, not the ring cart. What's the thing that the the what's it called? Like a it's not a Chevrolet. What's the thing called that they when they're on? With, like what the king would be on? Oh, a sedan. Sedan, yeah, <laughs> sedan. They should have had a sedan. They you would need a... about twenty-one enhancement guys to carry them to the ring. That's that's okay. That's all mm. right. It happened. Listen to the pop, the fucking... Oh, they love them over there in England, huh? huh? Yeah, yeah. the UK loved the natural disasters. Come on, huh? Stop it. <laughs> oh, look at this. Right away, the Beverly's attacking the natural disasters. Brothers Beverly. Yes? I do wonder how different this match was from the General House show matches that the, these two guys, that all these guys would have. Um... Probably not much different. I bet you there was a lot more like rest holds and shit like that. You know. I mean, yeah, you try pop. You try stuff on the on the. You try stuff on the house show, and then the yeah. stuff that gets the best reaction, you you repeat that. Like that spot right there, where the two Beverly's are like chest to chest, and you have yeah. Quake and Typhoon come in from opposite sides and squish them together. That's a that's a fun looking spot. Quickie baby. There's a kid. I love you. There's a kid sitting in the aisle. Hopefully, somebody behind him or, or is just yelling at him. Gee, I hope there isn't a fire. <laughs> yeah. Look, look at look at Typhoon with that leg drop where he almost didn't even get the leg over mm-hmm. in time. He almost kicked him in the face. Do you think that the uh? Do you think like Prince Henry and Prince William were WWE fans, and like and asked like their dad to go to this? No. <laughs> but if if they did, it probably would have been Harry, and then yeah. they would they would be blaming um, Harry wanting to leave the royal family on watching a nails match. <laughs> Imagine if we had 
found out that the Queen was like a big a big wrestling fan? Yes, I like wrestling. <laughs> I liked what well, well she apparently did watch World of Sport but with Big Daddy, but there's a lot of people might question whether that was actually wrestling. <laughs> big Daddy. Like may, maybe no matter how over he is, uh, maybe building your promotion around a 57-year-old 350-pound guy might not be the best idea. Maybe. Maybe not. Or however old Shirley Crabtree was at that time. Big Daddy. Wait a minute, wait a minute, McMahon, shut up. What is it? What? I've got a message here. Oh, Bobby Heenan has a message. I think oh. you know what it is. I think so. Ladies and gentlemen, Shawn Michaels has oh. left Wembley Stadium. Shawn Michaels has left. Oh, genius was about to say something, but all I can say is. What a prick Michaels is, not even staying for the rest of the pay-per-view. <laughs> um, he didn't really leave, Pete. He was, he was in the back. <laughs> Wait a minute. Are you telling me that what Bobby Heenan says I can't take as an absolute gospel? No. God damn it. Will you be serious? Come on, huh? <laughs> Please. That's we my got... best gorilla mon. Please. <laughs> oh, look at this. The best gorilla please of all time was at the end of Brother Love's impersonation of Piper at WrestleMania 5. <laughs> please. <laughs> I, I love that I love that segment so much even though it fucking yeah. goes on forever. Just yeah. because like he does that impersonation of Piper, which is definitely a Keith Langston memorial. Um, uh, version because he's not fucking dead. Uh, no. Sorry, I'm not, I'm not dead. <laughs> um, because he's doing Tom Pritchard, his brother's impersonation <laughs> of Piper. Yes. Which, if yes. you hear Tom Pritchard do Piper, that's brother love for WrestleMania Five. And then when he gets to the end of like the first verse, quote unquote, yeah. of the bit that he's doing, yeah. Jesse Jesse just goes, "Hey, not bad." <laughs> and the way Jesse says it, oh, we, I, it makes me laugh every time. I, I am one of the few people who doesn't fast forward through that. Yeah. Even though the network uh, fucking fucking ruined it and cut out the part with Brother Love in his underpants, which I know is a weird thing to complain about. Yeah, why would they do that? Uh, I don't know. Ugh, what is fucking Peacock trying to be like Disney now? They're going to edit shit? Well, it's been like that for a number of years. It was like that on the old network. And I, I miss the old network every day because I don't I don't want to go on through fucking Peacock where part of the reason why I only made it five minutes into this show was because yeah, like I, I'm like, I'm talking into the remote. I'm like, watch season five of SummerSlam and yeah. it still doesn't bring up the, the thing. Well, my problem with the network is you have to watch like modern day commercials on pay-per-views that you're trying to watch it's like come on guys there weren't there weren't even commercials at the time of the original fucking pay-per-view so we have to watch paper we have to watch commercials for freaking abbott elementary like come on that's why i like watching old survivor series where there's only like four or five matches because they can only put in the commercials between matches 
Oh, they're not just cutting in between the middle of the match to put a fucking commercial in? As Survivor Series rolls on. <laughs> yeah. It's so aggravating. It's just... Yeah. The commercials in America today are just so fucking pointless. Like, I'm just... It's very... It's, very, it's frustrating. Yes. Very frustrating. You know what we're doing right now? We're just killing time here, waiting for that earthquake hot tag. It's seriously, like, how long? I don't remember this match being this long. It's, this match shouldn't be this long. The fucking place comes unglued when Tenta hits the ring. <laughs> like, like you, I haven't seen Britain that unified and going wild for something since they were stealing shit from black people all over the world. What? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm so out of line pointing out uh, those unpleasant truths of uh, things that occurred in the past. It's just uh, really funny. The <laughs> con, the Boer War, whatever happened there. Huh? <laughs> Come on, huh? Yeah. Whatever happened there? Yeah. Come on, huh? <laughs> the shooting. Yeah. God rest his soul. Ah. Uh. This cocksucker's cousin. All right. <laughs> Enough. See, we're all. Philly, please. <laughs> Uncle Philly, my ass. Uncle Philly, my ace. You know, the the other day, maybe yeah. I talked about this on the podcast. It was like two weeks ago. I had seven turkeys in my yard, and I went yeah. out there and I was screaming at them like I was Phil. <laughs> Get off my. Stoop. I said, "That's right, you cocksucker. <laughs> Get out of my yard." Get out of my, get off my stoop. And one of them looked at you and went, Uncle Petey. You uh, went, Uncle, Uncle Petey, my ass. ass. That's right, cocksucker. Get off my stoop. <laughs> well, cooler heads prevail. Oh, what a move. What a, what a nice reversal by Typhoon. And here we are. We're going to get that hot tag. Come on, Beverly. Keep him down. Keep him down. That's hey. right. Distracting the earthquake. Ah. Uh, uh, now the we have an extended face in peril scene. FTR learned everything they knew from the Beverly Brothers, not Arn sure. and Tully. No. Oh my God. Now it would have been funny if we had had a title change based on the scroll hitting uh, Typhoon. But oh. earthquake, earthquake takes matters into his own hands and then just fucking elbows the Beverly brother who's yeah. going for the cover. You know why? Because earthquake don't give a fuck. Earth, earthquake is the fucking man. Earthquake, the earthquake. Earth, like, look at how cool I am when Dino Bravo isn't standing next to me. It would have been great if at during the at some point during this feud, they bring in Dino Bravo and Dino Bravo comes in and cuts a promo about how. He knows everything. He knows all the earthquakes' weaknesses, <laughs> and then he gets shot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wasn't he already dead at this point? <laughs> no, ninety-three. But oh, okay. All right, sorry, so here I'm, we go. Sorry, I'm feeling very mean this morning. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Listen to these people. You'd think it was fucking eighty-six Hogan. In there, I, I was just going to say, Hogan's wishing he got this fucking pop. <laughs> but instead, it is 29-year-old man John Tenta from Surrey, 20. British Columbia. 29. He's only 29. <laughs> he looks he, like he's 
He looks 50. Earthquake is 14 years younger than I am right now as we are watching this. The earthquake. 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 Oh, my. There's Hiptop. They should have had Earthquake slam Yokozuna in 93. Yeah. Yeah. He was always showing off the biceps. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, he can't do the throat slash move anymore for obvious reasons. Mm. <laughs> oh, what a maneuver. He was doing the large grunt, loud grunts. I was, I thought we might be able to hear him call a spot. But then I remembered it's John Tenta, not John Cena. Yeah, John Tenta doesn't <laughs> call spots. John Tenta is a consummate professional. Eight 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 that's a fu- that's a funny line. That's a very funny line. <laughs> and there there it is, the uh, earthquake uh, power slam. Yeah. Like the second he got into the ring, he hasn't even been touched really. Oh my God! I mean, put put the world title on Quake, not 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 fucking Warrior or Flair. God what Almighty! What did I tell you, man? What did I tell you? Well, the other I told great you thing back in ninety, I told yeah. you back in ninety-one they should have done this. They should have. They should never have fucked around with Slaughter. They should have went right to Earthquake. Should have feuded with with the Warrior, beat the Warrior, and then you have Hogan beat Quake at WrestleMania. That's your fucking main event at WrestleMania 7. The cool the cool part about this finish is that he knocks the other Beverly off the apron as he hits the ropes right before the earthquake yeah. splash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome, awesome stuff. John, sure. Tent- John Tenta, I, I am going to miss you so much. Yeah. The, un- unless, we, unless we watch an All Japan show from 88, which we probably won't because we did that once and... Nobody listened to that show. So, um, <laughs> we'll, we'll see you in November of 89. <laughs> when you know what? I bet you if we, I, I John bet you from if we West went, Virginia. <laughs> I bet you when we went back, we could probably, people would probably listen to it now if we went back. If we went and did another show. <laughs> what? All, all Japan 88? And I, yeah. I, I had the picture of Tenter on the front because uh, I, I wanted people to know, hey, there's going to be somebody in this that you know and love. What episode, what episode was that? That one of Great. John Tenta 88? Episode Great. 3? People, yeah. go back and listen to episode 3. <laughs> <laughs> when, when there was no, when you didn't hear um, <laughs> Johnny Sack every five minutes interjecting himself into the fucking <laughs> podcast. When they go... Yes, when they go back to episode three. Come on, huh? And now a Bushwhackers promo. Mean Gene, oh boy, and we're having super fun right here at SummerSlam. And you know, we still don't know what's coming up. Who's gonna, Mr. Perfect's gonna be in Mean Gene. Oh, oh God. There are a lot of rumors flying here in the World Wrestling Federation. The fucking Bushwhackers were even investigating us. One of them involves you. Yes, I understand. There is a dentist here in London who is trying to sell you a London bridge. 
I don't need no London Bridge, mate. Speaking of rumors, Butch, I'm going to have you touch this one. I hear through the grapevine that you and Luke have been invited to a very extraordinary... This Gene trying out his comedy bit. ...at the request of the royal family at Buckingham Palace. Hey, me Gene! He's up, mate. Oh, hey! Oh, mate! Only Luke and I, and now you know that one, me Gene. Keep it a secret. Oh, and we're looking forward to that. And they're going to have the Bushwhackers' favorite meal. Right, Cousin Luke? That's right. Gene has a look on his face, and you know what that look is? Sadness. When's my contract up? <laughs> when, when can I get out of this? I've already harmed my credibility by putting it all on the line for Papa Shango. They're going to have a special meeting at the royal family at Buckingham Palace with the Bushwhackers. Hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm, okay. sure, I'm sure that'll go over well. Or, or maybe maybe Luke was just auditioning to be a limo driver. I don't know. <laughs> oh, that's the second, second limo driver, Jack. No, you mean. Royal China. Oh, yeah. And you China. Know, China? After we've had our royal meal. Oh, China. Rumor has it. Rumor has it. Luke, rumor has it. Rumor has it that we may get to sit on the royal that had Vince written all over it. Mm-hmm. Oh, we got a Lord Al segment now. Oh, oh, not, oh my God, are you fucking serious? That's worse than Hogan's friggin' little 8x10 printout. It's a cutout. Warrior mask that like it, it's like one that you would have on the back of a box of cereal. <laughs> Maybe it was. I don't know. That's oh. I, I I don't know. You you think that's horrible? I think I think it's fucking amazing for how campy it is. <laughs> it's camp. The ludicrously tragic. The tragically ludicrous. That pretty much sums up Warriors ninety two run. Pretty much. We'll say goodbye to him, 92 version, but when we go back to 88, like I said, we're going to have Young Warrior. So young and idealistic. <laughs> My exhaustive search to locate the whereabouts of Mr. Perfect has come to an end. I have reason to believe. Are you going to need to perfect a Lord Al impersonation where you're whispering? <laughs> I might have to. You know what the funny thing is? Is that if you had given me a thousand dollars and said, "Do you think he's in Warriors thing?" I'll give you a thousand dollars to say yes. I would have went, uh, "No." <laughs> so you don't think it that's Warriors no locker? You don't think that's Warriors locker room? You think that's just a door that they put the Warriors symbol on? Yeah. No. There's no way <laughs> on God's green earth. That Mr. Perfect was going to stand in the corner of that fucking shit show. <laughs> no way. That Mr. Perfect Hello. is inside the Ultimate Warrior's dressing room. Hello. Now, I'm going to breach my own code of ethics. <gasps> I'm not going to knock on the door. What is this code of ethics that Lord Alfred Hayes has? I mean, what is this code of ethics? There are thousands of women who <laughs> asking themselves the same question. 
<laughs> I'm going to breach my own code of ethics right here, and I'm going to barge through the door, hoping to see the ultimate warrior in a compromising position, standing above a young woman with saran wrap over her face as he is about to drop a golden slumber shower all over her face. It's going to drop a pound, eh, Lord Al? <laughs> yes. <laughs> We call them pounds. You call them loaves of shit. <laughs> I'm just going to open it and surprise them. Well, I must say. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that Mr. Perfect is inside that dressing room, but it certainly was a shocking and vulgar act of rudeness. And now, back to the ringside. <laughs> oh, that got mince up. <laughs> yeah. Boy, that whole se- that whole little segment there for the Bushwhackers to, um, to, to, to Lord Al, just going to hang it out there. Um, how does, uh, how does War- Warrior doesn't have any, um, any lock on his door what the hell it's a shock the warrior if you notice these doors they don't look like they're really built professionally like in america they look pretty feeble almost as if they're just closet doors in wembley stadium that you would put uh broomsticks and mop handles behind very similar to the one that elaine used in that seinfeld episode where she wanted to get the fish and they wouldn't deliver to her home address so she had to pretend to be in apartment 1g ultimate warrior apartment 1g (laughs) don't worry i I backed it up so we could get the vince laugh again And there's Repo Man's music. And there he is. The fucking hottest working man in 1992. The guy who carried the company for months and then they wouldn't let him cut more than one promo for SummerSlam. The guy guy who had to go and have back surgery after carrying the company for all of 1992. Yeah, that's why he's not at Survivor Series. They didn't even give him new gear. But I told you, I like the I like the tire treads on the jacket, which you know, I probably need a new jacket, and I possibly need new tires as well. <laughs> I would it's love it the if you jacket. Went to, uh, yeah, <laughs> it'd be great if you went to uh, uh, Town Fair Tire and you went, "Hey, can you guys give me this? Can you just somehow help me make a jacket?" Or it's like. Hey, if I take the tire with me, do I have to pay that tire disposal fee? <laughs> it's like, and then I just uh, cut it out and put it on my London Fog jacket. <laughs> Wait, why, are yes. you wear, why are you wearing uh, tires? Don't worry about it. <laughs> well, it's a very special jacket. It's the jacket. I took this jacket off of my Ford Bronco. <laughs> I, t- I, took th- I took this jacket off Barry Darso, toughest guy in the WWF, but he didn't come back after I was through with him. <laughs> he went to WCW and was all in one Darso. 
I mean, think about this is Repo. This is Darso's last WWF pay per view until that X7 Battle Royal, which I always have to remember. The the X7 Battle Royal. Mm. I think he was in that as Repo Man. Yeah, he was Repo Man in that. Yeah. Because you can't have him be Demolition Smash because all you can say is, well, where's Demolition X? And they sure as fuck weren't having Bill Eady in because there's too much bad blood now for like 30 years. It's nice to see, though, that Darso and and Eady are still like good friends and still hang out and shit like that. Yeah, I mean, I would say that for any of the old tag teams, I mean, excluding... um, Rotundo and Wyndham because they're literally family. Mm. Like, Axe and Smash are friendly. It's always nice when I see that Beefcake and Valentine photo where they're both drinking yeah. yellow lights. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, like probably the only, it's probably the only time I'm okay seeing Beefcake. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about when he's playing cards with your brother Brian? <laughs> and you're not you're not invited despite being the person That's the point. who knows I wasn't Beefcake there. the most. I wasn't there. I wasn't booked. Imagine if I was booked for that freaking poker game. Well, I I say imagine if you if that poker game was taking place now and you have all this knowledge of ninety two beefcake's ninety two run, where you could mm-hmm. just pepper him with barbershop questions. <laughs> ninety one even too, because the barbershop started in what like May, ninety one. Yeah. Well. It's like, he, this fucking guy doesn't want to talk about anything in my career but the barbershop segment. <laughs> He's like, like oh, you know, I main evented SummerSlam 89. I don't want to talk about that. Uh, like, I'm sorry, Ed. Nobody wants to fucking talk about WrestleMania 9 and Jimmy Hart turning his fucking jacket inside out. Ed. <laughs> That's his name. Ed Nobody Beefcake. gives a shit, Ed. <laughs> Ed Beefcake. I'll never um, forget him staring at me at that Bruins game, though. <laughs> it's been 13 years, and I've never forgotten that moment. Why was he staring at you again? Because I was staring at him, and I was trying to place him, and I knew it was I knew it was beefcake. But yeah, I don't think he lives. He doesn't live up here anymore. Probably not. No. Well, he's on good terms with Hogan again. So yeah. So you know he's down in Tampa. We can justify talking about Beefcake during this match because Crush has the same hairdo as him. <laughs> oh, speaking of Tampa, I haven't written my letter to Kern yet, but I oh. plan on writing it today. <laughs> Too bad you can't send, like, Western Union telegrams because I want a dude showing up at Kern's place to read, to read him the uh, thing. I've got make it something a, for you. A it's a letter. Telegram. We heard you got a lot of pussy from hanging out with Stan Stan Lane. Lane. (laughs) Can you confirm or deny that you got a lot of spillover pussy? (laughs) I got the clap three times. (laughs) Crap, four. Stan Lane. Uh, I say people get crab. People would get get crabs when they go to Maryland. I literally would get crabs when I would go to Maryland with Stan Lane every time. <laughs> that guy well, that couldn't ma- keep his hands off of women. Well, that match was brief. 
Well, what were you cool. expecting? A fucking Matt Classic from any from from Crush? I think Repo Man was owed 15 minutes. He should have been. Crush oh, another Ico Pro commercial. Everybody that cares about their body, even me, Gene. All right, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> me, Gene just totally no sells the fact that he Vince is like me. Gene uses Ico Pro. <sighs> Oh, wow, this is still an hour, hour 36 in this. <laughs> oh, boy. Are we, maybe we should discuss. Uh, <laughs> do we want to do this for two shows or one show? A, ha- a halftime, yeah. Mm. Oh, we're, we're getting a uh, rerun. Oh, no, God damn it. Well, that that's okay. I'm. I'll speed it up for you. I'll, I'll put it at two times speed. Good. Yeah. Oh, it's because this happens now. There's only three matches left. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a mid-show main event that they're doing because you got Bulldog and Brett going on last. Yeah. And this match, if I remember correctly, does run a while. It's like 28 it's, minutes on Wikipedia. That's that's got to be the longest uh, warrior match ever, like one on one. Yeah, because I'd say the because <laughs> I would say that the match <laughs> Mean Gene's narrations <laughs> at two times speed are fucking awesome. It is kind of funny. <laughs> These guys are working too fast. <laughs> Sounds like Vince is about to start going. <laughs> <laughs> He almost sounds like the, like the crowd murmuring on South Park. Rabble, 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 rabble. Good kids! Of course, nowadays they, they run a video package before almost every pay per view match. I mean, that's what it sounds like to me. Do they don't they run a pay, a package before virtually every match? Yeah, usually, and it has like music behind it. It's like a music video, you know. Yeah, I mean, as far as know, production elements song, go, what, that's not bad. What song do you think would play during a Warrior Savage promo for this? Like, what if you had to pick a song, and it and it doesn't have to be. It has to be a song that would have been out at least by 1992. So it can be. Oh. It could be an earlier song. What do you think? <laughs> Shooting at the walls of heartache. Bang, bang, I am the warrior. <laughs> By Patty Smythe and Scandal. Or that Scandal. sounds good. I, I would say, um, hmm. What about Love in an Elevator? <laughs> How about Dude Looks Like a Lady? <laughs> 
Love in an elevator? Where the hell did that come from? I don't know. I mean, there was an obvious re- retort to the one that I had. The war because that song came, that song came out in 1984. Uh, yeah, a scandal featuring Patty Smythe, which I don't quite yes. uh, under understand. But yeah. th- th- then you got then you got. Um... <laughs> I was just going to say, macho, macho. Oh, yeah, that, that's right. This song takes a I like how the cop has basically just decided to stop wearing the uniform. Yes. Everybody else has to dress up and dance in line, but no. My hope was I didn't want to give a macho shot at saying it's savage. I wanted to just try to get a dig <laughs> at like Warrior. Oh, okay. So oh, that's why sense. I went with. Uh, although, but I fucked up and I said, I said, love in an elevator instead of dude looks like a lady. That the other <laughs> will have Mr. Perfect in his corner. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's this wait bullshit. no longer. Uh, Here we oh, go good. with the main event at SummerSlam. Oh, the thing we've been uh, talking about for four months now. You know, Vince didn't do very many pay-per-views. No. I mean, had he ever done one before this? Um, was he on one of the commentary teams at WrestleMania 2? Yeah, he, he was on the New York one. But other other than that... No, because Gorilla always did them. Yeah. And, yeah, Gorilla was always the main guy, except for that like one where, like, SummerSlam, where Tony Schiavone did it. Yeah. But, you know, because all the WrestleManias pretty much were Jesse and Gorilla up until... Seven, which was Gorilla and Bobby. Eight was Gorilla and Bobby. All the Survivor Series were Jesse and Gorilla were the pay-per-view guys pretty much up until up until Jesse left, right? Yeah, the the only one you could say is Vince did Rumble '88, but that wasn't a pay-per-view. It was, of course, a USA special. Yeah. Well, Vince did all the Vince did all the Saturday night's main events back yeah. in the day, right? Yeah. Every, every single one of them. Probably because he, he didn't he didn't want to have to be the uh, third person there with Monsoon interacting with uh, Ebersol. All right, so here's the here's the question I have for you then. So when Gorilla was doing the Gorilla position, it, that was mostly for. Like, was that at, like, house shows, or was that, like, for TV where Vince was doing the commentary? House shows, TV, where, where I mean, yeah. Basically, it, for almost all, except pay-per-views, because Gorilla had that deal where I get paid the same as an enhancement guy on the show, if I'm there. Yeah. So. And then, and then so when he was doing pay-per-views... Vince was doing the gorilla position. Yeah, because it, he probably wanted to be back there to straighten out anything if uh, if there was an yeah. issue that came up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that makes sense. 
Warrior ran to the ring here versus at seven when he walked. <laughs> but don't forget, he ran at six. And his jacket doesn't say uh, means much more than this with a picture of the no. world title. No, because we're not supposed to remember that they had a career. Like, that's the other thing is they never really brought up that Warrior beat him in the career-ending match. Because you're supposed to forget. It, it almost feels like at the beginning of this, and, and this is one of the benefits of us watching it from when it started to now, is... It felt like at the very beginning when this match was announced, they were going to go in that direction and reference their prior history. But then then the flair thing just overshadowed it, and it became this weird intrigue story. Mm. By the way, the two Which of them ha- have agreed to hit each other in the face. So, Oh, good. <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm trying to remember when Savage and Hogan formed the Mega Powers, when they, when they split up, they never referenced really that Savage and Hogan had prior matches together and like pretty much feuded for all of like 86 pretty much. Yeah, I like mean 85 and 86. Like they never really mentioned that. So it is just more of that nonsense where it's like Vince doesn't ever want to address shit that happened in the past unless it's talking about like Andre. That's about it. <laughs> like I think Vince's theory on it was there's no money in me bringing up the feud from 85 and 86. So let's just let's just leave the past in the past and right. build like build is, what we have now. There's way more money in a new feud, a new match kind of thing. So same with this. There's no money in saying that this is like a this is the rematch from eight from 91's WrestleMania. It's like this is this is a brand new match that we're gonna have. Yeah. You know. Which case in point, they didn't have a rematch with him and Flair because why would it be a rematch? There's no money in that. There's more money in a fresh match. And there was really nobody else to go to but Warrior because everybody had left. Yeah, I mean, no, you weren't. I, I mean, no, it, it was. It wasn't. I mean, unless they had built up Repo Man, but that wasn't going to happen. I mean, they they could have easily had Sid on a path of destruction. Why? Yeah, Why? Because you could have main evented this show too. You could have been, mm-hmm. you could have been in the main event of of, of three straight ninety two pay per views. Yeah, but he didn't want to fucking work with the Warrior because who wants to? Savage doesn't even want to work with the Warrior. You know who wants to work with the Warrior? No, right no, no, now no, no, no. I mean, no, I mean Savage versus Sid. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, no, that's why Sid left because he didn't want to work with the Warrior. Because you know who wants to work with the Warrior? <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> Not even Rick Rude, who was actually good at it. Even Jim Helwig doesn't want to work with the Warrior. <laughs> That'd be a good table. Look at him once for, again. He's... Table for three. Table for three. Ignoring dudes who died. It would be the guys who worked best with the Ultimate Warrior. So it would be what Rude, Hogan, and you can't even put Rude and Hogan at the same table either. Savage. And 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 Savage, yeah. All right, so take out Hogan. Well, yeah, Hogan, well, you, you can't really make that argument since uh, Halloween Havoc 98 is on his resume. So, yeah. How about, how about Andre? Oh, I don't know about Andre, that. Cause, well, because Andre had that awesome thing where Bobby Heenan tells the story about how, you know, the first night he wrestles Andre and he gives him the clothesline and Andre goes, mm, 
And then the next night, Andre wrestles him, and he gives him the clothesline, and Andre goes, mm. And then the third night, Andre goes, and he gives him the clothesline, and, the clothesline, and Andre just fucking puts his fist out. How about, how about another? Runs into his fist. I got another <laughs> tape, table for three of warrior opponents. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hogan, Savage, mm-hmm. and Hercules, and it can be a uh, Mega Powers reunion uh, t- table for three. And if they invite Coco, you can make it four. Oh, wait, forget Coco. No, forget forget Coco. Forget Fat Hercules. Forget my brother and forget my brother Lanny. Forget Fat Hercules, who went over to WCW one time and never came back. Fucking, they left him laying there. Lanny, Lanny couldn't even get out his last poem. <laughs> couldn't even say his last poem. I like that we made Savage Phil. <laughs> <laughs> well, Phil was so angry and paranoid at the end, he he, he turned into Randy Savage in a way. <laughs> I like Savage that he he was the boss of New York finally. <laughs> Randy, how long did you uh, how long did you wrestle uh, in uh, everywhere? Did twenty fucking years. <laughs> he did. <laughs> Get my brother Lanny. He couldn't even get out his last poem. <laughs> ah! Your brother it, Lanny, whatever happened there? He was involved with a guy. It, it all started with a guy named Angelo. I mean, there's a lot of similarities here. <laughs> Angelo. Oh, boy. Fucking nauseating. <laughs> yeah, well. Uh, Warrior, of course, is in the singlet. But is it a different singlet than um, what he wore on the uh, SummerSlam Spectacular? Because yeah, he doesn't look—he doesn't look like Naked Warrior. It, it's almost less offensive because he didn't have the Warrior logo over his crotch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. Why does why why does the Warrior logo have a Pinocchio nose on it? Don't worry about it. Every time the warrior lies, he gets a boner. I just love the fact that the most homoerotic man in professional wrestling, in all honesty, the most homoerotic man is the ultimate warrior, and yet he was the most homophobic man in professional wrestling. <laughs> like, hmm. Was he the most homoerotic, though? I don't know about that. I think so, because it was because even though you had guys like Gorgeous George and, and Adrian Adonis and Adrian Street... I don't think I think everybody knew that their gimmick was a joke, whereas the warrior was trying to take himself seriously, and yet he was always doing things like. Do you remember like one? I think it was I think it was SummerSlam '89. He takes like a pile driver from Rick Rude, and then he stops oh. pumping the air. No, 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 no. Lois, this no. is not my Batman glass. No, that was not a pile driver from Rude at SummerSlam. Oh, whatever. Don't you don't you remember? No, no, no. It was the first Kawada driver. That's right. That's he right. hit a fucking Kawada driver on 1989 WWF pay per view. It's fucking glorious. But like he hits that, and Warrior starts humping the air, and then this fucking shit hit with the fucking skin tight outfits and his various haircut changes, and then when he's blowing Hogan at WrestleMania 6 during the uh, test of strength thing. I mean, talk about homoerotic. He was trying to rob Hogan of his testosterone, is what was happening. Yeah, right. We are merely exchanging long protein strings. If you can think of a better Ray, I'd like to hear it. 
He should have been stealing fucking Hogan's uh, vitamins. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Hey. You know, I, we always loved when Hogan would say, take your vitamins, because as you know, the vitamins were nothing more than steroids. You're making me miss the Hogan vitamin ad. Beta carotene? Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I got to play all the greatest hits on this show from, from, from this little run. The good thing is, though, we, we, we're going to see Hogan a lot, so we can talk about beta carotene, right? Yeah, Hogan wearing the batting helmet for the first month of shows in September of 88. That's going to be fucking something else. <laughs> I just wish he did the Eddie Murray thing where he wore the cap under the helmet. Like, if he wore if he wore a Hulk Hogan hat under his war bonnet. Fucking war bonnet. Who, who's, respo- who's responsible for those things? I mean, Jesus. That's Hogan. That's 1,000% Hogan. That's some guy that came up to him and said, Hey, man, we're going to make a million of these things. You want it? No, I don't think it was Hogan. It was, like Pasta Mania. It, it was somebody in the merch department that was like, Hey, we can cover up Hogan's bald head and sell batting helmets at the same time. Right, no, no. And they went to Hogan. And some guy, some merchandising guy went to Hogan and said, Look at this. We can do this and this and this. And Hogan was like, All right, that sounds good. <laughs> Warrior is now dancing. This is what I hated about. This is why I hated Savage working with Hogan and Warrior. Because they made all of his offensive moves look like shit. Like, oh no, just Hogan didn't do it quite as much. Hogan only did it with the big elbow. Warrior, I mean, the problem with Warrior is like, all right, he's got to do the same move five times in a row for it to have an effect. And you know, having watched. Well, he gets caught by Warrior there. Yeah. Which he also <laughs> did, I think, at seven, right? The, the, the put yeah, him this down. Is, and... This is the spot at seven where he puts him down and slaps him in the face. He doesn't do yeah. that here, though, I don't think. No, he's uh, going to do a backbreaker. Yeah. By the way, not, not a single mention I've heard on the commentary that we got in the background about Mr. Perfect isn't fucking there. Yeah. Like, really, I mean, how can you, uh, you've spent your entire last two months building the show around Mr. Perfect, and he's not even fucking there. No. Like, he should have come down first and sat, like, at ringside. Yeah. And just sat there and just watched the, the match. Yeah. But you know what? It's probably a good idea because you know they would be cutting back and forth all the time to see what Perfect was doing just sitting there, so... It's probably better because you're at least getting action in the ring. True. That is valid, yeah. Warrior's face paint, like, almost all the way off here. Yeah, the quality of Warrior's face paint actually, I think, got worse through the years. But then again, he had to work harder in matches at certain points. Mm. I mean, last last week he had a fucking dingleberry of a face paint uh, after his match. A dingleberry. The warrior had the, the warrior Goldberg went to the warrior school of training. <laughs> he went we, to Warrior University. <laughs> we we, we should have wrestled. We should have taken a halftime break there because Warrior had Savage in a bear hug, and we <laughs> we could have played that music like at WrestleMania four. Nah, nah, dun, 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 nah. <laughs> like, please get out part two of your fucking ridiculous tape. 
<laughs> that folds out to have Hulk Hogan, the Hulk Hogan taking a shit pose. <laughs> Spe- speaking of which, I'm sure you oh. saw the Patriots game yesterday. Oh, I thought with, you were going to ask me. I thought you were going to tell me you had to go take a shit. You needed no, a break. Ah. no. With all the with all the old logo stuff, yeah. and how everybody forgets that in 1992 that whole logo was derided as he looks like a guy taking a shit, and everybody wants to deny that when that is what it looks like. Mm. However, I was delighted that they painted the center of the field with it because they haven't done that since the early 80s. A shake, rattle, and roll there. Made famous <laughs> by the man named Honky. Honky only ever did it once on pay-per-view. <laughs> to, to Beefcake at uh, <laughs> 87. <laughs> he does it to Hogan at that Saturday Night's main event. Yeah, yeah, I know. Murdering the finisher for, for all of time. I loved how I randomly... I was watching that Saturday Night's main event, and I kept sending you pictures of that match. Hmm. And you were like, why the fuck are you sending me pictures of Hogan versus the number one contender of the world? The number one contender. (laughs) Do you remember that spot at four where, like, Honky had Beefcake in the center of the ring and had him locked up for the uh, shake, rattle, and roll and then decided not to do it? That is the weirdest fucking thing ever. I mean, clearly, I think he remembered, oh, yeah, the spot has to be that Beefcake has to grab the rope. Instead of backdropping me. So, yeah, I don't know. Sa- Why is Savage's back hurt from a, from one backbreaker that the Warrior did? Well, the Warrior's a very powerful individual. I just realized that Savage's outfit is, he's got like Hawaiian flowers on his uniform there. Yeah, I wish his colors were a little bit more different than Warrior's. But wa- Warrior's, again, it's less like his skin color than last week's show but it's still too mm. similar yeah I don't like Savage's I don't like Savage's outfit here I wish Savage had gone with like the one he wore at the uh, the the SummerSlam Spectacular with the match against yeah. the Nasty Boys I liked that a lot better it's a shame he can't he can't wear the outfit the it's is, from at 7 what the fuck is Warrior do? what's wrong with his He's head? got a front. he had a front face lock and it looked like he was just gonna Richard Bells are him, but instead is doing the vertical suplex. Oh my God, this is another guy. I'm so glad. Wow, shit, we're not getting rid of him. Fuck. Yeah, the, <laughs> these guys right here—they're the two champions at the time that we're going back to. Uh, what? Warrior, <laughs> fucking warrior. Although I guess it's good we're not going to be watching a lot of like Honky doesn't show up a lot, right? Honky. Yeah, Honky. Honky's on TV in 88. What are you talking about? Is he on a lot, though? Like, yeah, he's, he's, he's not, not the Intercontinental Champion, so, you know. Well, you know, you got to have him out there, announce him as former. He gets all pissed off. On commentary, they say Honky looks more aggressive since losing the title. And then he jobs in five minutes to the Warrior <laughs> by DQ or something. That's that's how, that's how the WWF worked. Yeah. Oh, is this where Savage hurts his knee? Well, not quite yet. Oh. But they they have the ring up on that platform. And uh, good thing Rick Rude isn't there, because it was that kind of shit that ended his career. When he hit his back on the um, thing Mm -hmm. in Japan. 
Yeah. Well, Savage wants to pin the Warrior because he wants to get the he wants to get his win back. Little did he know he would never pin the Warrior because the mm. Warrior was only pinned by fucking one person. That was Savage, rude. <laughs> Savage clearly wasn't concerned with all that shit where I got to get my win back and I'm keeping no. score and all that because clearly not. I think he was just concerned about. I, I think Savage was just concerned about business, dollars and cents, rather than wins and losses. Do you know that Savage Wait, lost like, all of his? Savage lost all of his world titles to two men. All of his world titles were lost to either Hogan or or uh, Flair. Did you know that? Oh. Well, it makes sense considering that those are the main people in the company that he's in, with the exception of '89 WWF. Mm. And even even his one IC title reign, he's losing it to uh, to Flair's longtime rival Steamboat. Mm-hmm. Oh, here they are. All right, we gave oh, you guys it's about a good, goddamn time. We gave you guys a good fifteen minutes. Now we're down to distract from everything going on here. It would have been weird if they had just sent out Perfect without Flair. Yeah. Although, it wasn't whose corner is Ric Flair in. It was whose corner is Mr. Perfect in. Yeah. They didn't, uh, at the beginning of the match, say, Warrior is in this corner, this is Warrior's corner, and this is Savage's corner. <laughs> they didn't make that clear. Oh, so you think that Perfect is just going to stand in a random corner? <laughs> I think he's just going to stand between corners. <laughs> What the hell did Savage do to Warrior that he rung his bell that Warrior keeps doing this whole head thingy? You need, you notice like Warrior keeps like rolling his head around like, oh, my head, I need to clear the cobwebs. Must be a technique that Warrior learned at um, <laughs> Warrior University. Yeah, he was a student there, believe it or not, even though yeah. it was named after him. Professor Goldberg, I believe, taught the class. They taught each other how to wrestle. Did you know that? <laughs> A Goldberg versus Warrior match is the stuff of nightmares. He's fucking in the ropes. Why is he counting that? Like, the, the guys were in the fucking ropes, and, and, and Hebner's down counting it. What does it say on the back of Warrior's singlet? I couldn't tell. Um... I'm sorry, I had to pause for the double clothesline spot. I was always a big fan of that in college. Me and my friend Mike so, would do would do sure. that move. We would do the double clothesline spot and then just lay there for five hours. So would my so would my brother and I. We wouldn't lay for five hours. Whenever my brother and I wrestled, we always did a double clothesline spot. That I like to picture that in like 1989, that's how you and your brother went to bed. Is like a double clothesline spot, and then you'd both be out, and you'd wake up at 6.30 the next morning. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I can't believe your brother had Beefcake over to play cards and didn't think to invite you. It was it, I, so insulting. I, it's to this day, it's the biggest insult that my brother's ever It's the, It's by far and away the biggest disappointment in my life. I think you should kick him out of the apartment. Unless it's you in his so? name. But I think no. you still should. Out! Yeah. Yeah. It's No, it's it's my it's my apartment, so... Oh. But... Well, it's my apartment. I mean, you know... I think you should have... Money. I think you should have Valentine over to play cards and not invite Brian. You know, it, that would be... My brother would enjoy that because he's not a big fan of Greg the Hamba Valentine. 
Mm. Oh. That's a problem. <laughs> well, I don't know. Who do you think who do you think I'd have a better chance? Look at Warrior still doing that fucking head thing. Get up, you dumbass. It's a technique. Ugh. Clearly. It's a side effect of IcoPro. <laughs> Integrated conditioning program. Warning may make you nauseous. <laughs> may we'll cause loss in equilibrium. We'll reemergence we'll of the um, reemergence of the umbilical cord. <laughs> That's a choke slam. Yeah, Savage got distracted by Flair and Perfect at ringside, and they're just kind of standing there. At, at, at this point, I mean, the, the long-standing rumor is War, Warrior wins the title here and goes heel. But, I mean, what would that even look like? I mean, I have trouble with that. Yeah, I don't know if I could see. Oh, oh there it is. Oh, there he is, making the match all about himself. Yeah. There goes he Earl Durrell. Hebner couldn't get out of the way, so now he's down. I don't know why Hebner was in the way to begin with. Yeah. Just kind of standing there. Oops. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I turned off the screen for you there for a second. That's it's okay. A couple times. The warrior going to the top rope. What is this going to look like? What are Perfect and Flair saying to each other down there? Like this is fucking garbage. Can you believe? What? Oh, come on! This match isn't that bad. I know. This match is very. This match is very good. It's just victimized by a build that, in retrospect, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. The warrior did a single axe handle off the top rope. Yeah. And, and Savage kicks out. So. Mm hmm This match will continue. Mm-hmm. Mm. It is funny that this match ends in a. Well, I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> I don't want to spoil this thing from 30 years ago. But it is funny that that's how this the match ends on what a count out, right? Yeah, well, yeah. Spoiler well, alert up oh, here. We go. Here comes another Earl shot. Oh no, Earl's out. Oh my god. Oh my day. Look, I don't want to spoil President Kennedy's speech to the Dallas Trademark, okay? Mhm. Mm <laughs> Oh, pile driver by Savage. He didn't let uh, Warrior's head leak out like Rude did, turning it into a Kawada driver. He also didn't paralyze him like Owen Hart did to, to, to Steve oh. Austin. Oh yeah. Oh well, yeah. A SummerSlam. Oh, look at this. A SummerSlam tradition. Weird pile drivers. Ooh, yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So now, oh, look at perfect. Perfect's in the ring, reviving Warrior. Wait a minute. I like that Flair took his throat. Wait a minute. Yeah, he had brass knucks with him. And and set it this this does make it look like Savage is uh in cahoots for a second. Which out of all the possible results of this makes the least sense. Yeah. Considering that they were literally screwing with his family like three months ago. Yeah. The thing I but I told you the only thing that makes sense in this case is the fact that 
Savage would do anything to protect the championship because Savage, we know that the World Wrestling Federation title means more to Randy Savage than anything. Again, his wife. the fact that you have to constantly remind me of that point is a failure on my part. And I'm sorry, Jimmy. <laughs> Now, that was a light-ass elbow by Savage. He took care of him there. Oh, come on, Earl. Fucking get with the program. One, two, three. Wait a minute. What? Flair, Flair took off his robe, which I thought was a nice touch. Yes. And Perfect is wearing a tux like he's going to be serving drinks afterwards. Mm-hmm. With a bow tie on. Yeah. Yeah, the savage knee injury doesn't happen until he goes out there and, right? Yeah. You can tell it's been a few years. Because I haven't watched this show since it went on Peacock because I don't watch fucking Peacock. Right. Oh, now Flair's got a chair. Yeah. Warrior's doing his Hulk up. Yeah. The Hulk up. I never liked, you know? I never liked as much as, I never liked that as much as Hogan's. Warriors Hulk, really like Hogan's season. Warriors Hulk up is more akin to Chief J Strongbow War Dance more than anything yes. else. Again, I mean, another it, very homoerotic thing. Like he looks like he's stripping there. He's like, ah, gyrating his hips, and you know. Not that yeah. there's anything wrong with uh, homoeroticism. No, no, I, I. I I don't. It's it's just the irony that you pointed out about the warrior being one of the more homophobic guys mm-hmm. in a, in a business that isn't as homophobic as a lot of people would think if they didn't know much about it. Yeah, you would think it is, but it's probably way less homophobic than like football or baseball. I mean, I, I'm I, mean, I take Patterson at his word for everything that was in his book on that mm-hmm. subject because I mean he lived it. I mean, people yeah. knew people knew that he was gay, and they just didn't really care. Except, yeah. except ironically, for the Roy Shire, the promoter in San Francisco, who was anti-gay. Great biz, great business strategy, being uh, anti-gay in San Francisco. <laughs> oh, what a maneuver! Yeah, Perfect tried to trip him. It distracted the referee so that Flair could hit him with the chair. And, it, and once again, it makes Savage look like the guilty party here. Now, another way to book this would be to have Savage just go over clean and have everybody think that Flair was helping Savage. But Savage is like, no, 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 it wasn't like that at all. Or just have him go over clean on the Warrior right here, even if it's like, even if it's at the shenanigans of Flair and Perfect. And then after afterwards, you have Flair and Perfect come in and beat the shit out of him. Yeah, that makes well, way more sense. Yeah, but you know, yeah, I know. <laughs> as as the old saying from a wise Italian man once uh, <laughs> once went. Come on, he, he's he's a little slow. He's been running. Oh, man, I can't have that in this he was running yeah. errands for Pauly all day. He's out of gas. Well, you know, he he took him a while to get over to the uh, to the United Kingdom. Yeah. You know, they don't have direct flights from the taxi stand to, uh... <laughs> I, mean, I mean, let's put it this way, uh, you know, uh, 
Tootie, Tootie lives about as far away from Wembley Stadium as friggin' Bulldog does. <laughs> yeah. You know, Tootie actually gave a, a speech to the Bulldog before he the main did? event match. Yeah, he did. What did he say? Fuck everything up. Oh, well, he did say that. <laughs> yeah, and there was nothing they could do about it. I just, I always loved how comfortable Randy Savage looked on the on the top rope. Yeah, except that, but by any standard, him deciding to just turn and jump at Flair was stupid, because... Well, he probably really fucked up his knee, <laughs> like, landing and then fucking rolling off of that that cliff that they had with the friggin' ring built up on. No, Randy Savage is just one hell of a salesman. And Hebner's doing the fast count, which is antagonizes the audience, I think. Yeah. Yeah, per- perfect in flare going. Figure four, nobody gets out of this. What are they trying to do? What do you think they're trying to do? By the way, it's a figure four on the floor, which means it's two times as effective. Yes. Everybody knows that when you apply a wrestling hold on blue mats, it is much more deadly than in a ring. Yes. <laughs> if it's Flair con- never did that. Flair never did that Bret Hart figure four, right? Where it was off the on the ring post? No, no. Well, the ring post figure four is just a bullshit move that Bret invented that he made look really, really good. It's fucking great. <laughs> It's the crane kick of wrestling moves. Yes. It was just invented one day, and then it happened, and nobody wanted to question it because of how cool it looked. <laughs> oh, and uh, once again, at another SummerSlam, Warrior runs chases away the bad guys. With, with, a, chair. A, with a chair, but this time he threw the chair because he didn't want to relive the same experience. He's like, if I'm going to get <laughs> fired, I don't want to be carrying furniture. <laughs> he was afraid... I'm not going back there. Pavlov's warrior. <laughs> Every time he went behind a curtain, Every it was time always an issue. Every time. <laughs> Instead, he's going to take a cab back to the ring here. Because he, he ran all the way up the aisle. Oh, there he is. He's doing a light jog like, like he got hit by a pitch and he's walking down to first base. And thus we have the, the uniting of the two main faces now. And soon we have formed the Ultimate Maniacs. For Survivor Series 92, which, well, we're not sticking around for that, so. Which goes off without a hitch. <laughs> he awards the bout as a result of a countdown to the Ultimate Warrior. Now, why did they have to do, like, a distraction of, like, go to... All right, Fink, we all saw what happened there. You don't have to... We, we know that... Like, Wait a minute, did Savage win by countout? Oh, you mean the guy who was laying outside the ring for fucking 25 seconds? It was a reverse... It was, it was a reverse countout. It was like the reverse rules. Like, Warrior was in the ring. It's like that... What was that weird pay-per-view WCW? The, the Battle Bowl or the... Uh, the or the, the inverted... World War III? No, wasn't it like a TNA thing? The oh, outside TNA, Battle yeah. Royal? <laughs> Yeah, to throw the guy in the ring. <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. Don't ever, don't ever make me talk about TNA ever again. 
or, or reference it in any way. I mean, I, we, I, we already had a Samoa Joe uh, reference earlier. We did, and I'm sorry, Jimmy. I'm sorry. Ah, <laughs> oh, they're gonna hug it out. Fucking nauseating. Yeah. <laughs> and that knee injury. Well, you know why the knee injury held up with Savage, right? Yeah. Do you know why? No. Because you're not supposed to travel when you're injured. You're not supposed to have like a difference in cabin pressure when you have an injury to your body. Yeah, it's like changes in the atmosphere can fuck up your respiratory system. Exactly. It fucked up his knee. <laughs> well, come on, huh? We all know that it, it cost Chris Candido his life. Yes. Because he got on a and plane. And in reality, it also cost Randy Savage's life because his life was the World Wrestling Federation Heavyweight Championship. <laughs> well, I was going to say it was ironic that the guy died in a car accident, but, you know. Hmm. Oh, well, yeah. That was, <laughs> that was actually 100 feet above sea level. But your point is well taken. <laughs> Those goddamn roads in Sarasota. Sarasota. Uh, I mean, have you ever been to Sarasota? You know, believe it or not, I haven't. Which is funny because the Orioles, obviously, they do spring training there. But Sar- Sarasota is like halfway between Fort Myers and Tampa. Mm. And there was an incident out there tonight that I thought I would... What the hell were you trying you to... You just be there quiet, was no deal. There was a deal, There was right. not a deal. It was a done deal between Ric Flair and Mr. Perfect. A lot of people might think the other deal didn't go down. Not a chance. That was plan A. And now plan B, little man, divot head, is in full charge. Plan B... That was a nice Rick Rude tribute there, calling him divot head. Because Rude was the only guy calling him that. <laughs> divot head. It's a, it's a Minnesota circle jerk, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Champ, tell him the way it is. Oh, come on, this has got to I should have had the I shot to begin with! Not the ultimate warrior! But now, you ask the warrior what he wants in life! Well, it's got to be me! And baby, I'm waiting on you! Plan A! Maybe that slid by. But now, we're looking at Plan B! And baby, the way I see it... The two most perfect men alive today are this gentleman and myself. You two, man, this is an absolute Ooh, sham in the world of my federation. My bow tie straight champ. You are killer, brother. In closing, <laughs> let me tell the whole world, and especially one man something, Savage, that belt is coming back. Ding. I mean, it, it wasn't going to be very long. It was like less than a week, wasn't it? Yeah. So you said that there are two matches left. I know that there's a dark match thrown in there as well, but there's still 50, 54 minutes left. Well, there's the main event, which is the Bulldog War, uh, Bulldog Warrior, Bulldog Brett. And then there's the, uh, well, the fucking abortion of uh, <laughs> Kamala. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, it's going to take Kamala oh, also, about 25 minutes to get to the ring. Well, we also have to do the Roddy Piper playing the bagpipes for no reason. Oh, right. Well, it was it was for some sort of um, Screen Actors Guild thing. Oh, is that what it was? Suppo- supposedly, yes. 
Oh, we we got our uh, slow build for uh, for Whippleman the and manager. Uh, yeah. So in fact, it was the very next show, which was the Superstars taping on September first in Hershey Park, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Um, which uh, since we're not going to get there, uh, three, obviously three week, three weeks of Superstars, but some of the dark matches are rather interesting, such as. Coquina pinned Ron Neal. That oh. Is, that is uh, Yokozuna, of course. And he hit yeah. a leg drop after the bout. Ultimate Warrior over Kamala. Okay. Bret Hart and Papa Shango go to a double countout. Huh. Okay. Randy Savage fought Ric Flair to a double disqualification. A rematch was scheduled for later in the evening. According to Bret Hart, the match had to be redone due to Ric Flair ignoring Vince's instructions as to what to do in the match. Okay. Well, That's that infamous match where I love that it was the title change, too. Yeah. <laughs> Undertaker fought Razor Ramon to a double countout uh, with Razor left ringside after avoiding the tombstone. Wow. Um. And primetime wrestling on uh, September 14th, which is where a lot of this stuff airs, featured Gene Okerlund conducting a podium interview with world champion Randy Savage about whatever happened there during his match against Ultimate Warrior at SummerSlam. Razor appeared, confronted Savage, threw his toothpick at him. Oh, I remember that fucking thing like it was yesterday because I remember doing that in school with with other people uh, because we thought it was the coolest shit ever. Uh, Ric Flair pinned Randy Savage with a figure four to win the title after Razor Ramon attacked Savage on the floor. Razor returned to the ring after the match to attack Savage. The Ultimate Warrior carried Savage backstage after Razor left. The only example of the Warrior carrying a named guy to the back. Mm. Hi-yo. Ah. <laughs> yeah. uh, huh. Okay. Harvey Whippleman. You take that sarcastic tone out of your voice when you introduce me, little man. Next time, yeah. I'll knock you out. Yeah. <laughs> All right, my favorite part about this is Danny Davis in the background with a look on mm-hmm. his face like, say what? <laughs> is is that dark match that you mentioned, Undertaker and uh, Ramon? Yeah. Is that the only time the Undertaker ever fought Ramon? Might be. Yeah. That's crazy. Like Wow. And uh it, it is on it is on a couple of Coliseum videos. Rampage ninety two and The Undertaker, his gravest matches. Hmm. We should watch Rampage ninety two. <laughs> yeah. What <laughs> the fuck is wrong with you? I don't know. What else I, is on Rampage ninety two? Can I hear the lineup? Yes. Well, when this match is done? Well, you probably will be able to read the lineup by the time this match is over. I mean, this isn't a very long match. It's not UK Rampage 92. Yeah. Or Because UK Rampage was much earlier in the year. Uh, the regular Rampage 92. Yeah, that's the... Yeah, the UK Rampage is the one that's the post-WrestleMania European tour. All right, Undertaker versus Razor is the first match. Yeah. Uh, Brett versus Sean from June of 92. Okay. Oh, is that the ladder match? 
Uh, it's not the ladder match, no. Okay. Uh, a 40-man battle royal from Ottawa, Ontario. I mean, okay. this is a Who cool Undertaker that? entrance. Yeah, it is a cool one. Uh, the winner is uh, Bulldog. Oh, okay. Is that a is that a Rolls Royce? Hearse, yes. Yeah, like a Rolls Royce hearse. Tatanka versus Rick Martel. Okay. LOD and so, Paul Ellering versus the Genius and Beverly Brothers. Okay, so far you haven't said anything offensive. Money Inc. versus Virgil and Tito. Uh, okay. Randy Savage versus Repo Man, June of 92. Oh, okay. All right, so, so far, so far, it, you haven't said anything offensive yet. <laughs> Undertaker and Ultimate Warrior versus Papa Shango and the Berserker. Okay. Cornwall, okay. Cornwall Ontario. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That's oh. the tape. Yeah. That's not an offensive tape. That is one of the greatest tapes in the history of our sport, I think. The most offensive thing on that tape is IRS. And even then, you get the super team of Virgil and Tito. It's like it's like when two great musicians get together, and then that super group yeah. falls into place behind them. <laughs> Virgil and Tito Santana in 1992. Uh, Virgil and Tito Santana. <sighs> and having Ted on the other side, too. Shades sure. of Tuesday, Tuesday in Texas. Yeah. Was Money Inc. the tag champs? Was that like Virgil and, no, Virgil was, and um, Matador got a friggin' tag title shot? Um, no, because it was right after... Oh, the Disasters uh, won the title. Oh, wait, it might have actually been... Ju no, it was um, September 2, 1992. So you know, It was at, you know at a cha challenge taping after SummerSlam. You know what's funny is that LOD never got the titles back in their first run i mean yeah, i know there was like i know there was reasons why but isn't that kind of odd to think that like you know they you would think that they would have first of all you would have thought they would have had like an extremely long run as tag champs they really didn't and then number two they never got the titles back <laughs> yeah well i mean they had to get them off them because of a issue with hawk and then when they come back hawk has another issue yeah this is kind of weird. Speaking of weird. Oh, they are got a giant Kamala. <laughs> Lombardi's kimchi at this point, right? Yeah. You know, when yeah. Kamala came into the ring, they did a shot on his, on his feet. Uh -huh. And uh, R.I.P. Kamala's feet. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to make a Tony Atlas joke. <laughs> R.I.P. Kamala. And it's Tony Atlas is trying to rediscover his roots by looking for Kamala's feet. Anyway. <laughs> hey, look, they're not all going to be home runs. It's a good joke. It's a good joke. It is. <laughs> I, wonder how many I wonder how many people went to Africa to look for Kamala's feet. <laughs> I doubt my son or daughter is that stupid. <laughs> hey, Taker did old school there and uh, actually hit it instead of being uh, slammed off there or some shit. 
It was still called new school at this point, though. Yeah, middle school. Sorry, that's a laps fan bit. I can't. I can't infringe upon that. It's exhausting. It's exhausting listening to all wrestling podcasts and making sure that I'm not stealing any bits. <laughs> did they call? They called old school middle school like when it was. When it was I think they did on there. I think they did on the SummerSlam '92 pay per view. Believe it or not. <laughs> which funny. I'll which I'll, I'll grant they they released that pay per view like six years ago. So. Yes. 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 Yeah, it's very it's very hard to remember stuff that other people said. I can't even remember shit that I said. I can't believe that it's Monday. <laughs> it feels like a this feels like a Saturday to me. <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to do that Seinfeld conversation? Tuesday has no feel. Wednesday no. doesn't have no feel. Thursday no, has a Monday feel. Ha- Monday has a feel. <laughs> Don't you get depressed on Sunday nights? I always do. Uh, well, yeah. And I, I'll be particularly depressed tonight because I have to uh, actually go to the office tomorrow. Ah. Yeah. It's unfortunate. I'm not happy about that. But you know what? <clears throat> one day, one day I'll get a meal out of it. No big deal. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> I'm very, I'm very food oriented. <laughs> I'm very food oriented. Yeah. God, I fielded a question at work. Pete, do you like oysters? Like, really? Yeah. I mean, are you are you happy that you don't have to go down to Connecticut anymore? No, or did I did you did. really not mind it? I didn't mind it until the hotel became just this unbearable shithole where I couldn't get up and down to my room. Like I, I felt like I was trapped in my fucking room because uh, it yeah. was e- it was either wait at the elevator like a goon for twenty minutes. Or go out and go down eight floors via the stairs. Yeah. So I, I basically just don't want to go anymore. Yeah. And, I, I, and I've told them that. I've said, look, I have to wash my hair. All right. There are a lot of fuck finishes on this show. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh, Kim Chi just runs into the ring like it's a fucking uh, house show in Glens Falls. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking bullshit. Glen Falls, New York. Like, Kamala. This is a fucking one of your biggest shows of the year, and you're doing this? Fucking nauseating. Mm. They should take (laughs) him out back and beat him right now. (laughs) Take it easy there, Judge Roy Bean. (laughs) I love how the Undertaker, when he gets body slammed, he just waves, he flails his arms and legs. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he always did that when he was doing this, like, this real dead man gimmick. Did you know that that was Taker's touchdown celebration when he would play Tecmo Bowl? He would flail would. his arms arms and legs <laughs> about. That's really good. Kamala. Kamala. Kamala with the splash off the second roll. And the Undertaker is not moving. Uh, so, so, all right. So that teaser that they were doing about Kamala going up to the ropes on the weekly shows, it's really just training for this. Oh! oh or, or teasing for this. Oh, yes! Oh, yeah! Oh, sorry. Why is Kim... Kim Chi's mask, was it always the Mr. Wrestling 2 mask? Like, seriously. 
<laughs> I love that look on Kamala. That look on Kamala's face is a look I've given several times in my life. <laughs> Did you have that face paint on? Because I would pay money to see that. <laughs> and no, I'm not suggesting you dress up as Kamala for Halloween. Nobody needs that. <laughs> no. You know... Something that would have made you... I know you would have liked this. My brother asked me if he wanted to shave my head the other day before he left for the weekend. He goes, you want me to shave your head? And I went, well, will you put me out first? And he goes, no. And I went, well, then no. No, then you could have had, like, one of those Chris Adams head shavings where they have to hold... Where they have to... The babyface locker room has to come out and hold you down. Uh, That's what I'd want. <laughs> Oh, wait, I already did that uh, for my cable access show 25 years ago. Oh, yeah? Whose head did you shave? Mine! <laughs> I shaved my head before going to college, which is a fucking horrific mistake. Mm. Like, people probably thought I was some sort of fucking skinhead. And also, I looked weird. Anyway, drugs. Oh, wait, that's Bulldog. Never mind. <laughs> drugs. Okay, everybody, here we go. <laughs> Look at that is the look of a man who was just beaked out of his skull. <laughs> That's the look of a man who has been doing nothing but smoking crack for the last three months. <laughs> uh, Bulldog, were you, were you? I saw you with Jim Neidhart. Were you doing drugs with him? I did. <laughs> mm. well, something tells me you're lying, Bulldog. Is that true? Yes. Mm. <laughs> I smoked a little bit of my collection. Obviously, this match has torn both sides of the... Now, I know that there's an obvious line, but I don't have it as a drop. I loved him like a brother-in-law. I loved him like a brother-in-law. Family apart. First of all, your thoughts on the family pressures you are facing now. Well, I'm facing a lot of pressures in the family, Sean. But I didn't make this match. Jack Tunney made this match. Stop for the mm. British Bulldog. Stop fucking transferring the heat to Tony. The guy's had enough. <laughs> God. I don't... What the fuck did I do? <laughs> this is fucking bullshit. This guy this wanted a fucking match. For two <laughs> long years to be the number one contender for the Intercontinental belt. Yes, Brett. You are the Intercontinental champion. Yes, Brett. You are you my brother. Way more sober than me. But when I step in the ring <laughs> with you, Brett, I never met you. I don't even know you. But at the end of the match, I just hope the families reunite. The British Bulldog that brings me to my second. Well, just think he does. He doesn't know anything he's supposed to do. So yeah, he did forget when, everything. When he when he says I don't know you, I don't know who you are, even though you're my brother-in-law. That sounds like something Trump would say. Like I don't even know who he is. I never met the man. I never, I <laughs> but never sir, did. he was your he was your Secretary of State. I never met the guy. Mm. I don't know who he is. <laughs> Sean, <laughs> that isn't Sean. Russia. Oh, Sean, that's a dream for the British Bulldog. And my second dream is, at the end of the match, the British Bulldog will be the next World Wrestling Federation Intercontinental Champion. Let's go over to Mean Gene. Well, I've got to agree with my broadcast colleagues. Yeah, well. Indeed, there is a great deal of pressure for this Intercontinental title bout. However, the pressure for the champion, you, Brett the Hitman Hart, 
much different than the pressure. A Gene Oakland interview at SummerSlam. You just root for the sign to fall down behind him, don't you? Nice glue. In the center of the ring. And then, of course, there's the question of the family pressure. Let me tell you something, Gene. As far as family pressure goes, I've proven that I work real well under pressure. But you know something really bugs me? really irks me is the British Bulldog actually has the gall to come out here and say that when he steps in the ring with me that he's never met me that he doesn't know me well let me tell you something British Bulldog take a good look at my face and look me in the eye and tell me you don't know me do you remember that far back British Bulldog when I was the one that introduced you to my sister Diana in the first place and as far as your career in the World Wrestling Federation, I'm the one that helped you the most. You wouldn't be where you are in the World Wrestling Federation if it wasn't for me. Talk about gratitude. You know, the British Thank Bulldog you. forgets. He's the one that wanted to challenge me. He's the one responsible for all the family tension. He's the one that wanted a shot at the mm. gold. Well, mm. you know something? The British Bulldog, he wanted the big fight. He's got the big fight. And as far as his big dream... You know what I think of his big dream? This big dream of his of, of winning the World Wrestling Federation Intercontinental title in front of 80,000 of his compatriots. Yeah, I'll you fight know? the fight. I think this big dream of his is going to turn <laughs> into a nightmare. And then tomorrow morning when he wakes up, he's going to think he woke up in the dungeon of Windsor Castle. Oh. The one thing that was stressful about that interview was when he pulled his sunglasses up right when he said, look into my face. I kept mm. worrying that they were going to fall back down. <laughs> like he was going to be too demonstrative and they were going to fall right back down. Yeah, I'll fight the fight. Probably get my face kicked in. <laughs> you want to be there to see it? Huh? Do you? I, I thought you were doing a Bruce Hart-like commentary underneath or something. Time I would like to oh. introduce to you oh. the Balmoral Highlander. Balmoral? They are not related to the New York Highlanders, which was the original name of the Yankees. Mm. They should have kept that name. I've always hated Hard Rock. Hard Rock? Yeah. It's like a bunch of grown men in skirts playing vacuum cleaners. Come on, get the flavor of this. Sounds like somebody pulled the tail off a cat. <laughs> Look at the hair on that guy. That's not hair. <laughs> By the way, why didn't uh, Bulldog put up the Savavava Moore trophy? <laughs> oh, is that what he won? Yeah, for the... It's a raw... How about that? He's going to break dance to that? What? He's going to break dance? I don't believe so. He can play the back... Look at, the, look at that guy holding up the Canadian flag for Piper. That guy knows. All right, here's Piper on the bagpipes.
I prefer Scotland the Brave, the techno version. <laughs> All right, well, it's very hard to provide commentary over uh, a bunch of dudes in kilts where, uh, playing uh, bagpipes. Maybe, maybe Drew Galloway should do this from now on. Maybe. You know, in, instead of just losing every main event match that he's ever had. I would like it if Drew Galloway made a comment about the fact that Roddy Piper never lost anything. And then Vince could be like, you're no Roddy Piper, son. <laughs> Quiet, Galloway. Go back, to, go back to jobbing to everybody on the roster. <laughs> wait, wait. Does Ridge Holland have a win over you yet? I can't believe that Ridge Holland is still a fucking pushed guy after after his fucking careless injuring of Big E. After almost killing Big E Langston. <laughs> like, I would... If I ran a wrestling company and some dude fucking sloppy, sloppy-ass work injured one of my main guys, I would fucking punish him. And I, would, I would bury his ass forever. Like, I don't, I don't get why you wouldn't do that. Oh, good. We got uh, we got sixteen candles. Diana Hart Smith there. Yeah. She looks Diana, very concerned. When you last talked to Davy Boy, what did he say? Um, he said, uh, "Happy Mother's Day." <laughs> wow, three and a half months ago. <laughs> We've heard opinions from both sides of the family. Yet you are right in the middle. I know this encounter is going to be very difficult for you to watch. You know, one thing that. I do need to point out is one person that Sean Mooney has interviewed during a pay-per-view did become president of the United States. So I'm just saying, brace yourself for a uh, Diana Hart Smith administration coming, <laughs> coming to a country near you. Really? <laughs> well, at, at five, you, you know, <laughs> whatever happened there, how it went down at five. This is a, Amazing group of people. They're amazing matches. Um, I know for a fact that uh, the Brett the Hitman Hot one time told me that I would make a tremendous uh, World Wrestling Federation champion if I ever had the chance to go in there. Um, I know I have. Uh, I know Hulk Hogan has 24-inch pythons. I happen to have 25-inch pythons, but that's you know that's. Uh, I put them on display when I'm at my golf course. You know. Save it for the five podcast in a few months. No talking, because <laughs> we we got we got to get we got to get to five. That, that that's that's the next thing. You know how it went down on five. Yeah. Well, yes, it is going to be difficult for me to watch. Um, Brett and Davy Boy have always been fiercely competitive with each other, and this I'm sure has enhanced their wrestling ability and help them to become two of the greatest wrestlers in the whole world. Hey, Tiger. And this match tonight is going to be the biggest match in their lives. And uh, I regret that I may have been an obstacle in their path, but I am worried about what the, they're going to do to each other. That I'm afraid they're going to destroy each other. And, and uh, I think that well, I know that you're very concerned for both superstars' safety. And I know it's difficult for you to choose, but who do you think is going to walk away the Intercontinental Champion? Um, well, to be quite frank, I don't, I'm not concerned about who wins. I don't... I do. I, um, Way to add I to the angle, Diana. I love Davey, and 
the bond that we have with my whole family is greater than than anything. It's more valuable to me than than anything, and uh, nothing could ever replace that. Not even the intercontinental belt could never replace that. And well, it's certain to be a war. That is definitely true. Well, yes, and I'm. You know, I've been given a great honor tonight that in the past many women that have been extremely brave and courageous have never been given. They, they've been, never been given the honor of being able to go to the front line with their husbands in battle. Uh, tonight I have the honor of uh, being with that off. my husband, Davy Boy, my brother Brett, giving them their support, the support, all the support that I could give them. And okay, I just, well, <laughs> you are certainly going to be on the front line, and it is going to be a win. I like how they rang the bell. It's like, I think Mooney sent some sort of signal, like, you got to get me out of this interview. He fucking, he clicked the pencil on the desk. He's like, yeah. get me out of this fucking hellhole right now. Oh, uh, you know, I really think that uh, this is going to be a hell of a match between my husband, Davy Boy Smith, and my brother, Brett the Hitman Hart. I mean, I didn't realize that Diana sounded just like fucking stew. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, that's Lennox Lewis carrying the flag. I forgot about that element of oh, this. Lennox Lewis, how about that, huh? No. Oh. At least one non drugged up athlete is walking to the ring. <laughs> Who's that, Brett? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lennox. Oh. I guess they didn't want to have um Linford Christie uh, escorted him to the ring. They they couldn't get him. I think I think he won the 100 meters in the Olympics that year. Uh, Joe Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby knows they should have made a joke about Bobby saying something about betting against Lennox Lewis and losing. That would have been funny. This guy, I lost a grand on this guy. <laughs> If they had Linford Christie there, at least they would have had two guys with doping scandals walking to the ring. <laughs> Huzzah! Complete, completely separate. Well, Lennox Lewis has some nice hair. I, I like how he has the little tail in the back. Mm -hmm. oh. mm. I don't think he was the heavyweight champion at this time. No. Yeah. Was he even a heavyweight champion at this time? No, he's still working his way up, I think. To the world championship level. Now, Bulldog's tights. I know it's a concern of yours. Yeah. The color? Yes. Is it up, is it up to quality or no? Of course not. <sighs> cool. No. No, it can't be. Bret Hart is coming to the ring. Bret Hart is coming to the ring. Bret has good music. This music really gets you pumped up. It gets you pumped. 
And I wish he I, had a ring cart. They don't have. They don't have I fucking really ring carts. I like how Brett went down, thinking he was gonna lose this match, and he knew he was gonna lose. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got no idea that his <laughs> opponent he is fucked. I am fucked. This is the you know, this is the only match you'll see Brett Hitman Hart talking, you know. Calling spots. It's the only match. He says, he says that a couple times in like shoot interviews. What that you can hear him or uh... you can see him calling spots. I guess. I mean, he had to do what he had to do. I mean, sometimes context is very important. And and sure enough, that is here. There's a guy wearing a Blue Jays hat. That's uh, probably hey. members of the family or something. How about that? That's my cousin, uh, Phil Hart. <laughs> cousin my Philly, cousin. my ass! <laughs> well, the crowd's into this, but they're not as into it as Earthquake, Hot, hot Tag Earthquake. No. And now Bulldog's going to fill him in on the bad news. <laughs> Those were legit shrug, uh, pushes there, shoves. Like he's gonna tell him the bad news. Yeah. Well, half, half the match was well. We know we're doing the Leo Burke finish, but it's Brett trying to explain what the Leo Burke finish is to Bulldog, <laughs> so he can get it right. Right there. And by the way, all credit to Brett for naming it the Leo Burke finish because I wouldn't have a I wouldn't have a good name for it. Yeah. But he named it for the guy who came up with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bull, uh, Bulldog nearly knocked Brett off the stage there. He did knock him off the stage. I mean, this is by far and away the best match the Bulldogs ever had, right? Like oh, ever. One on one, yeah. I mean. If I remember correctly, he had a good match with Vader at some point in 93 WCW. Yeah. But, I mean, like, we all, we all love Wardlord, but none of that stuff holds a candle to this. No. And you know how I feel about the British Bulldogs. Well, yeah, well, yeah, we're, we're talking singles here, and then when you get into 96, Bulldog, Bulldog Michaels, at, like, in your house? Nah. No, that's or King of the Ring. No, no I, 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 not feeling it. Bulldog versus Ken Shamrock at SummerSlam '97. No, that that was. No, I didn't work for me quite as well. And then he gets crippled at uh, Fall Brawl '98. Mm-hmm. And then rough, rough, rough jeans, Bulldog. <laughs> rough, rough, rough. It's like. No, nobody has a five-star match in jeans, unless, of course, they're uh, Ambrose. Uh, 
I was going to say Shawn Michaels at SummerSlam 2002. Well, that wasn't five stars. I, the you're talking about the no holes barred match with him and Triple H. At, How dare okay. you! I I give no. I I give that about two and a quarter. In my own house. <laughs> Let me guess. Triple H was still being punished for the curtain call. That's why he lost that match. I like how that's the excuse for every job that, like, like Triple H has to do jobs for six weeks and then gets the IC title. What a horrific punishment! And then and then fucking gets pushed uncontrollably for the next twenty fucking years. It's because Ho- it's it's because Hogan. Hogan. It's because Vince didn't really care about the fucking curtain call. That's the point. Vince didn't give a shit about the curtain call. He was fine with it. Yeah, there was everybody else backstage that had a problem. He had to do something to save face with everybody that um, because uh, because they were all complaining about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we have to do the cuts to Diana and everything. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're just going over the... Um, um, why did I lose my train of thought there? Well, no, they're trying to organize everything because Bulldog uh, has no short-term memory. That's right. <laughs> All right, slingshot me into the corner, but you don't get to pin me because I'm not Henning. He has no he, he has no long term memory either at this point. <laughs> he has no he has no memory except for the last crack pipe. He goes, wait a minute, I'm married to your sister. <laughs> yeah, I don't man. know I don't know who you are. Seriously, that was not a fucking promo. Like I legitimately do not know who you are. <laughs> I don't know who you are. <laughs> that. Boy, if everybody had gone into a match saying to Bret Hart, I don't know who you are, we would have gotten, like, nothing but five-star classics from this uh, guy. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> Bulldog liked that crucifix. He liked, Even when he got all bulky and big, he would drag out that crucifix yeah. move. Yeah, he did like that. He did it to I Warlord. Can't hear yeah. He did. There were people sitting in the uh, that that wide stairway, and it's very annoying. <laughs> You're really pissed off about that aisle way. Yeah, well, I don't want people sitting in it. It's a fire hazard. By the way, the inset of um, Diana in the corner there is is very funny. I I feel like she should be cutting a 15 second promo. <laughs> Instead, she's probably cutting a 15 second fart. Oh, heart, well, fart. heart fart! Come on. <laughs> Am I better than that? Yeah, she's not gonna fart because they were called heart fart, and it's very—they're very sensitive to that. Come on, huh? heart fart, heart fart, heart fart. They used to call us heart fart. <laughs> well, yeah, that's because you brought the Bruce. Because <laughs> whenever Bruce went out in the ring, he fucking got a fart. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, Bruce. What an asshole! Uh oh, Brett. What are you gonna do now? Brett. Brett playing very subtle heel, which of course he was a master at. Yeah. 
There's nobody, little, li- nobody better in face versus face matches in history than Brett. And Bulldog, Bulldog needs a 15-minute break, so. Yep. Let's do, we got got to do a little. I mean, look, I know it sounds like I'm shitting on the match, but this is just an absolute master class in one guy getting carried. But it's it's the greatest. This match with Brett is the greatest carry job by an individual yeah. since John Candy in the great outdoors. Yes. You're not wrong, though. I mean, that's the thing is that you're not wrong. Brett is Brett does an amazing job of carrying a dude who's practically unconscious through the entire thing. Just like Dan Aykroyd in The Great Outdoors, practically <laughs> unconscious through the entire movie. Practically unconscious. I mean, uh, appara- apparently, it takes a Canadian every time to to get the yeah, job done. Absolutely. By the way, happy Thanksgiving to our Canadian listeners, both of you. Ah, yes. <laughs> Canadian oh, there we go with the crucifix again. Yep. Yeah. Go, going back to that same move. So, let, can I ask you a question about Canadian Thanksgiving? You know an awful lot about Canada. Um, <laughs> yes. What is their, what's their background behind, like, Canadian Thanksgiving being this day? Is this a day that, like, the, the Native American population of Canada, like, took care of the French fur traders or something like that? No, I think it's just an exchange rate thing. See, the temperature oh. the temperature in Canada right now is roughly equivalent to what the temperature in the states is for Thanksgiving. You got to uh, back you got to back everything up 6 weeks. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, at least that's my theory anyway. It's a good theory. It's a solid theory. Is Bulldog wearing the arm things? Yeah, he is. Okay. Yeah. I thought it would have been strange if he was not Wait, wearing the, wrist, the wristbands. No, like the beefcake forearm things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not just on yeah. his wrist. Um, well, they're on his forearms. Yeah, sure. Well, the one on the left is is has been pulled down a little bit because he uh he he he, uh, he keeps his crack in the other one. I mean, he's got. All right, you want to get back to his tights? They're not terrible here. <laughs> But they're still not, they're not the way they should be for a guy who's about ready to get the the biggest push of his wrestling career. The left leg is darker than the right leg, and I don't like that. I don't like it one bit. <laughs> no. And I'm talking about the back, because on the front, the left leg is red. Mm-hmm. But when you look at well, again, him from Diana behind. Was, Di- Diana was doing his laundry, and she was doing a piss-poor job of that. Yeah, she was too, she was too busy cutting practice promos into the she- mirror. She was too busy being concerned about heart fart. <laughs> and if Anthony Michael Hall was going to take her to the prom, <laughs> I might have to go if with you, An- I might have to go with Andrew McCarthy instead. Don't look now. I will make another day. I don't even know if those are the words, but I'm singing them anyway. I thought you were going to say I will make another hot fart. Ah, I will. Walk away somewhere down the elevator. I will see you later. <laughs> hey, Brett. Brett also 
Brett working this match at an appropriate pace as well. <laughs> like, he, he almost looks like Harley Race out there with how deliberate he is. <laughs> he looks like Harley Race, you yeah. think? Well, no, <laughs> just in terms of the pace and deliberateness of his offense. It's like Harley Race staple. But, yeah. I mean... This this is Brett's crowning achievement, and if if he says so, well, that's good enough for me. Yeah, because he, his he book is, his book his book had very few errors. I would say Brett's probably yeah, Brett probably this is the match he's the most proudest of in his career. And that Even sling. The, oh what? I was just gonna say that slingshot plancha thing that he did just now. He Palancha? instead. He, he landed weirdly on Bulldog, but reached back with his arm and threw Bulldog, like, towards the barricade. Mm-hmm. So it looked it looked really good, but it looked like something that halfway through maybe was going to look bad. Mm. Oh, Brett, I love you. I like that Brett designed this entire match while he was, like, in the tanning booth. <laughs> hey, at least he remembered the whole thing. But that's what he says. He goes, I was in like, he goes, I was in like, every time I go into the tanning booth, I'd sit there and I would think about what the match was going to be. <laughs> I, I designed this whole match. Well, this one match of the year, which it deserved, right? Yeah, for, I mean, I can't like think of Pro one. Wrestling Illustrated, you know? Probably, yeah. I mean, I can't remember exactly. I mean, somebody could probably pipe in with some Japan match. But and on WCW they had good matches in '92 as well. Yeah, I, nothing, I, nothing that beat this though. I don't. Well, think. the the Austin Wyndham two out of three falls was good. Yeah. Um, all the War Games in '92. Oh yeah, '92 uh, War Games was good. That was the Dangerous Alliance one. Yeah, the only catch with yeah. that is the consensus is the War Games '92. People like that a lot more than I ever did. I, mm-hmm. I, I always, I watched it and I was like, what the hell is so special about this? Especially the kind of lame wad finish where like Larry Zabisco fucks up and Bobby Eaton gives up in like a 1982 style armbar. I mean, yeah, but I mean, yeah, this, this, this is right up there according to the consensus as well. But I, I, I like this one better. Mm hmm. I I would also I would also throw Savage Flair from WrestleMania into the mix as well because that was both wildly enjoyable live in the mm. moment and incredibly rewatchable. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. Bulldog is you not getting that much. <laughs> Bulldog's not getting in very much offense in this match. I mean, obviously for reasons that we. Oh, good. Um, yeah. Well, we just had a we had a rest hold. That's all. Yeah, and apparently my Wi-Fi decided to do a rest hold as well. Yeah, that's <laughs> all right. 
Hey, that's the first time that my Wi-Fi under the new router program mm-hmm. has, mm-hmm. Uh, has, has uh, and it's probably like, my router, if it could talk, would be like, you fuckers are still watching SummerSlam 92? What the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> it's a fucking Monday holiday and the weather's decent. Why don't you go for a walk? Well, that's all and, right. And yes, I plan on going for a walk. So when everybody's all angry that the show didn't get posted until... 8 p.m. and doesn't appear on Apple until uh, 1 p.m. on Thursday. Mm. Uh, please, please, please understand. I was just trying to enjoy a Monday holiday. It's not that long, is it? It's not that long to take for that, is it? For editing? No, no, no. no. no like when, you, when you post it to like, what is it? SoundCloud? Yeah. Well, SoundCloud has had issues with connecting with Apple, so mm. anybody who would download off iTunes wouldn't be able to get it. Unless you were using the RSS for the GFA Live thing that I uh, te- that I tweeted out and then retweeted a couple of times. Mm. But anyway, there's people standing in the aisle again. I don't like it. Get them out of the fucking aisle. Oh, they're at the end of the night. If there's a fire now, it's okay. They can probably get out, you know. God damn it. One, it's going to be Coconut Grove all over again. Now, that's the most dated <laughs> reference that I could possibly make. Coconut Grove. <laughs> well, you know about that, right? Um, why don't you enlighten us again, Pete? Enlighten all the masses for those who don't know. Well, I to, know, make a lo- but, you know. to, make a lo- to make a long story sh- Oh, are you doing that thing where you don't know, but you're like, of no. course right now. But do... <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Okay. Coconut Grove was a nightclub fire back in either 1941 or 42 in Boston that killed like 500 people mm-hmm. and would have killed the entire Boston College football team if they hadn't gotten their ass kicked by Holy Cross that day. So they That's canceled right. they canceled their celebration. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Co- Coconut Grove fire, uh, maybe the most infamous one in 20th century Boston. In Boston history. Yeah. It's not the same as the one with uh, Great White in, uh, Pro- in oh. was it Providence? Yeah, that one. Yeah, that, that one's that too. That that one's a little different because I mean that's that's like our era and it's like people our age dying and yeah, those people who were twenty four back in the forties, fuck them. But people people our age who were born in seventy nine, well. God, God, sure. God rest, God rest his soul. Am I right? I'm pretty sure that people are. There's nobody alive that was still at the Coconut Grove. Well, not that night, obviously, but like I mean, like in during that time frame. Oh, there she is. Yeah, boy, we're really doing a good job of killing time during these rest holds. Uh, are there any Coconut Grove survivors? There's uh, Canada's version of Taylor Leone, uh, <laughs> Diana Hart. She looks just like Taylor Leone to me. I don't know for some reason. Yeah, Brett really needed to have rest holds built in. A uh, co- a Coconut Grove survivor died just this year. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, 97. Hmm. Hmm. So I would assume... Okay, there is a Coconut Grove Memorial Committee. Oh! Yeah. And uh yeah, there yeah, there's at least a couple apparently. So there you go. Well, all right. Hmm. 
But anyway, I get I get fucking pissed and immediately change the channel whenever I see Great White come on the radio. Fuck them. Even though even though they literally lost a band member in that fire, they were yeah. they they were culpable. There's no question, and they fucking go, they were let off the hook too easily. You think so? Yeah. Poor Bulldog. He couldn't even fucking drop bread on the ropes correctly. Hmm. Oh, he would do it for Sean correctly. <laughs> he would do it for Sean correctly. Yeah. Remember how stupid Bulldog was at the end of the 95 Rumble? Yeah. Yeah, I won. No one ever said Bulldog was a genius. <laughs> He's several sandwiches short of a picnic. Yeah. Though I do like his boots that say BB on them. Mm-hmm. He bought them from Brian Blair. Oh. <laughs> I thought he bought them in the Garden Pro Shop because they were Boston Boss, Bruins. Boston Bruins, yes. All right, so now Bulldog is actually finally on offense again. Dude, that station nightclub was in 2003. Can yeah. you imagine that was that long ago? It was February of 03, yeah. Isn't that crazy? Almost, almost 20 years now. I mean, I, I, was, I, wasn't, I wasn't living up here, but, you know. I remember that. I remember the, the, well, the news story about it. That's crazy. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna tell you right now, and this is a warning to anybody else. Do not. I don't care how fucking curious you are, because there is footage of what happened, and I'm totally oh, yeah. serious. I'm totally serious. Yeah. Do not. Do not watch that footage because no. you will. It's. It's not. It will not be. It will not do good things for your psyche. No. 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 It's not. Not at all. It, so it, that was fucked up. So anyway, back to Bulldog. <laughs> Speaking of fucked up. Yeah. He's moving with all uh, he's moving around in there with all the speed of a southern governor desegregating schools. <laughs> oh, power <laughs> slam. <laughs> desegregating schools. Oh, that's so fucking terrible. And and good idea for uh, Brett to not lose to Davies' finisher. The way yeah. they did the finish was much more. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I think we're actually very close to that. I mean, obviously, seven minutes left in the video. Yeah. That was kind of a heel move there by uh, Davy to just kind of push uh, Brett, shove Brett's head back, and Brett almost mm-hmm. goes ass over TKL out of the ring. Suplex back into the ring. Right, and Brett goes around. German suplex with bridge. Letting all Japan know. Oh, no, wait. <laughs> like, now that I'm dropping the strap, I'll be available to come over unless I unless I win another title. Which, there's no way I'm fucking winning the world title, right? I mean, look at me. I weigh 238 pounds. They're not going to give me a world championship. Exactly. I weigh 238, and I'm not Ric Flair, so I'm not... Uh, well, I guess Savage was below 238 at this time, too. I don't know uh, what Sa- I don't know what Savage's announced weight was around this time. No. Or if they'd even say. 
Yeah, he was probably well. Savage, I think, was always two thirty-five. Yeah, wasn't he? Somewhere in that ballpark, yeah. Somewhere yeah. in the two thirties. He was two thirty-nine, I think, at Mania Four. The only, one I ever, the only one I could always remember is Hogan was always 303. Well, Hogan was 302, and then he went to make No Holds Barred, and because of the uh, steroids he took. Oh, wait, it wasn't steroids. It was... Because of the... Beta-carotene. Oh. He, ga- he gained a pound in beta-carotene. Oh. Oh, there's another double clothesline. And Brad has to roll over because Davey had his arm on top of him, basically making it a pinfall. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, and then Hogan, Hogan then dropped to like two ninety two at one point. Yeah, when he was when he came back in ninety four, I think. Yeah. Or ninety three when he came back in ninety three. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, three oh two from most most of the eighties. And that's not it's not Brett's greatest sharpshooter, but he's not getting a lot of cooperation from the crack addict. <laughs> the crack. Oh, he, lo- he locked it in okay now. The All crack right. addict. The crack addict. <laughs> Brett Hart can carry a crackhead street bum to a five-star match. <laughs> that sounds like something you'd put on your resume. Yeah. <laughs> or your CV if we're if we're staying true to uh, Britain. Can I ask you, do you think Brett ever submitted a resume or a CV for a job? Uh, uh no. Okay. I was going to say he probably didn't have to. No, because I would say that even even when he first started in Yes. Oh. <laughs> so, like, so, I sorry, I, I you. No, I I paused it for a second because it's, well, you know. <laughs> it's the ending. Um <laughs> I would say that even in his early life, I don't think he ever really had a real job. Like I think, I think he wanted to be a, you know, he wanted to be a, uh, uh, what do you call it, a, 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 a filmmaker, and he was yeah. doing filmmaking in college. But then he was like, "Oh, I'll just go into the family business." <laughs> <laughs> I like, I like that the notion that he's going to ban the university studying film but Stu drags him out of there to wrestle uh, dynamite on a on a stampede taping and he I, got over i was gonna say i bet you Stu made him submit a resume <laughs> yeah, hey, I you gotta submit a, you gotta submit a resume yeah. Stu said to brett i don't know this guy i don't know him at all i don't know who you and nothing are. nothing motivates brett hart quite like being told that nobody knows who he is i don't even know who you are you home doing this Fast count. That was a fast count by Morella. Well. I don't. I don't know what what the fuck is up with uh, Diana Hart's jacket. It looks like she ripped it off fucking Greg Brady from season three of the Brady Bunch. You know yeah. when he decides to dress up like a hippie all the time. He's Johnny Bravo. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Was that? Yeah, that was that. That was the Johnny Bravo era. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I've been rereading the Barry Williams book a lot lately. Mm-hmm. So it's one of my favorite like memoirs ever. 
because, I mean, you know, you, you watch the Brady Bunch of reruns for years. and Yeah, Bulldog has no fucking idea where he is because there's, like, no... He's just kind of, like, stone-faced. Or stoned face, I guess. You know, I'll tell you, though. What? He doesn't look blown up. You know? No, I mean, he just had no... His his brain function wasn't there. It's a shame they didn't let Brett give the belt to him. Mm. Why not? Well, like, they did, like they did at six when they fucked up. Well, yeah. Heb, well, that was Hebner. That's why Morella is in there. <laughs> we needed somebody a little bit more trustworthy. Yeah, the back of Bulldog's tights does irritate me. Yeah. <laughs> With their two different color blues. Yes. And Bret Hart, the year of face versus face matches. Mm hmm. Yeah. Actually, now I'm trying to think did Bret. Did Brett have matches against Davey in, like, 96? Or, like, in, yeah, 96? Um, Davey was the heel and Brett was the face? No, I think they, well, yeah, in your house, five. The one where Brett bled, bled all over the place. Mm. And there it is. Brett shakes his hand. Brett Hart is now immortal. According to the Hogan Corollary at six, Bret Hart is now immortal. <laughs> what a way to wrap this up. <laughs> and there's Bulldog giving a hug to his wife, Johnny Bravo. Bret hugging his sister, Johnny Bravo. No relation to Dino. She's she's a better worker. She doesn't smoke. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> Just smoke. Surprise. Oh, shit, yeah, I guess. Yeah. No, I was trying to look. I was trying to see if when when Davey Boy turns heel, you know, right, how, many right. times, how many times they wrestled each other. Wasn't like, it right cage. before SummerSlam 95? Yeah. Yeah, so they saw the cage. Yeah, so it's funny. So January. No, 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 no. So in March of, like, it looks like March through, like, May, Breton. Davey team up to wrestle like Hakushi and Jerry Lawler or Jerry Lawler and Owen Hot. You know, so they're having matches where they're tagging. Mm hmm And then Brett Diesel and Sean, that's a fun wow, can you imagine those fucking discussions backstage? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well <laughs> they were on good terms then. Oof. They're fighting Mabel, Bulldog, and Yoko. Holy shit, I thought that the British flag was catching on fire at the top of the stadium. I thought it was going to be like when um, when, when that guy comes to the Simpson house. <laughs> Did you know that Lisa Simpson's wedding in that episode is eight days after my actual wedding? Oh, really? Yeah, it's set in 2010. <laughs> wow. And now, now Bulldog is inhaling all that smoke. He's like, this isn't for a crack pipe. This is good smoke, brother. I'm, I'm waiting for the Street Profits to come down and say, we want the smoke. <laughs> unfortunately, I'll have to tune in for Raw tonight for that. Yep. But anyway, 
got down, we got up, we got funky, and we got bad. <laughs> yes. Did. Can you believe we're at the end of 92? Well, the end of August of 92. <laughs> no, we're at the end of 92. Yeah. This is it. So, so next week, everybody, unless we, unless we do a movie first, which would be interesting. Well, we're not. Here's the bigger yeah. thing. We're not going back to '92. Yeah, we're not. We're, we will. We will depart, and we will go back to '88. Back inside. And, and we're going to be doing the uh, September third '88 superstars. Now, I'm yeah. sure you, you'd like to see the lineup. <laughs> Am I right? Do you want? Do you want to see who's going to be on there? Or do you want to be look, surprised? Look at this fucking lineup. Well, give me give me one second, and I will show you what that lineup. Look at this fucking lineup. Yep, that's always funny because Frank Sinatra, Mr. Junior, is there. Um, <laughs> all right. So immediately following SummerSlam, which was actually ta- which was actually taped before. Yeah, I know it's a ta- fucking time. Immediately walk. following SummerSlam '92, we have the journey of Akeem. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, that that's basically what it'll be. Let's see if we can make it all the way to ninety. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, this was taped before SummerSlam, so uh, probably going to be some weirdness, you know, with the taping because if you show Warrior, he's got to have the belt because yeah. it's after SummerSlam. We got the Powers of Pain in the first match. Warlord will welcome us back. Nice. Then Bravo. Uh-huh. Then Duggan. Then Duggan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then bad news. I mean, it's gonna be nice to have bad news in my life again. Yep. Rick Rude. Oh. A one-man gang, and you're gonna get some news on the gang. Good. And then Paul Roma versus Barry Horowitz, which I think I sent you a text where I was like, Paul Roma still coming down to crank it up in '88. What a world. Nice. Yeah. Reno Riggins. Yeah. Yeah. Well. The most anybody's ever been excited for Reno Riggins, <laughs> and you can see Honky Honky's on the next week, but Honky, they they had to do an angle where Honky wouldn't have the title for the oh. for the live crowd, which I'll which I'll explain when oh, we good. get into that. Oh, good. Next week, and then in the in the following weeks, these these superstars are actually in Providence, Rhode Island. So, oh, good. Yes. No, I'm excited. No. I'm excited to go back to 88. I'm excited to to journey back once even further in the time machine, in the DeLorean that we have set. Um, I'm excited. I'm pumped. I'm jacked. And you're and you're happy to have new promos to bet on. Yep. Uh, Ho- Hogan's going to be back in your life, screwing with you, probably. Probably. Wearing, wearing his batting helmet with the two ear flaps. Because Hogan's a switch hitter. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, I, I thank you, and I thank all of you for, for listening to this journey that we started literally at the beginning of this calendar year. Yes. And if you have enjoyed it, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, where our podcast is known to appear, you know, after a period of time, or wherever fine podcast reviews are accepted, because it provides us no social proof that you're listening to and enjoying this. Now, keep these on Twitter, at Flounder824, and you got anything to plug at this time? Um, you really want me to? Nah, yes. it's okay. Oh, okay. All right. Well, give me, well, yeah. So I'm, so I just, I've been doing some other podcasting work 
cheating on Pete. What is that clicking sound in the background? Uh, sorry, I was playing my Karate Kid 2 drum. Oh. <laughs> As you, it's going to be your background music for when you... Uh, Sorry, I, I don't get the rhythm of it quite as good as the Okinawan crowd. That's okay. Go ahead. Uh, so I'm, I'm on the Place to Be podcast, it's episode 611, which was the Saturday night's main event from August of 2008 that I replaced you on for that yes. episode, the final Saturday night's main event. Mm-hmm. Um, so over on the North-South Connection, uh, soon I'll be appearing this month on Freak Out Drive-In with the Jenny position. Uh, that's going to be out soon where we watch a horror movie and review that. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm on the recent episode of Making Mount Rushmore, where we did the 2000 comedies and 2000 action movies. Uh, that was a very spirited debate. And I believe on October 30th, which will be dropping, is going to be the uh, Multiverse of Fabulousness, I believe, which is on the North-South Connection as well. And I recorded a, uh, I recorded a show with, uh, with uh, Johnny so I will and you'll hear that and I won't spoil what we did on that but basically it's a a multiversal uh let's just say show is booked and we'll leave it at that okay Mm -hmm. and uh, I have nothing to plug because you know well I am what I am at this point (laughs) you can see Pete at any Bruins home game at the uh TD Bank North Garden yeah I'll be behind section 308 during the intermissions of the uh Bruins Coyotes game this uh, and, Saturday night. So. And if you want to go and try to search for uh, the Toronto Blue Jays game from, uh, what day was it that you were behind home plate? <laughs> oh, oh, it was the uh, Saturday and the Sunday, so 17th and 18th of September. If you if you can do a search for those games, you can see Pete behind home plate, proudly wearing his Orioles gear. Well, Thank you, for, thank you for all that. This this ran very long. This this podcast ran so long that my wife got pissed off at me and just left. So, yeah. This podcast also ran so long that it that uh, that Skype split it into two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it did. Skype basically said, "You know what? We're, I've had enough." Seriously. But at least at least it hopefully recorded it. Otherwise, I have my backup recorder. Yes, we we learned that lesson. So again, thank you. Thank you so much. We end this journey and we start a new one next week. And tune in at that time for another exciting edition. EFA Live. Turn that off.